and you're like, I really don't need all these books. You can pare it down. But having a lot of books makes me a better library. Does it though? Well, that's the debate. <laughs> that's the debate, isn't it? Yeah, quality over quantity or vice versa. I think both. I think quantity is quality. <laughs> <laughs> That, oh, that might that's, be. That's I'm my, gonna have to put that in the quote. That's, that that uh, might be why you're not the best librarian. I'm a, I would make a terrible. Well, and I can't remember anything either, and yeah. I, I lose stuff all the time. Yeah, I need, would be. That would be probably one of the worst. And I'm not that quiet, so mm. I would be a really terrible person. So I like people, I. though. I like so people. Would I. I'd be a terrible librarian. Yeah, no one would look at us and say, "Yeah, yeah. these guys would be." Although good then I could, I could change. I could change my name to Drewy Decimal. I mean, uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I feel like you're good. At, you're good with kids. I feel like there's a lot of kids at libraries, and you would you know be good what? with them. Kids, yeah. Well, like you know, young kids, sure. Toddlers, though, and babies. Are there they toddlers either, in libraries? They, they either, no, no. Well, you just said you're good with kids, and it got me thinking. No, no, no. Like um, good with adolescents. Yeah, I'm good with I'm good with young kids. Like but, your kids' age. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because I'm super immature. Um, well. But uh, with babies and like small small children, they mm. either just think I'm hilarious or they're terrified of me. Like that's usually the way it goes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it makes I can see that. Thank I think you. Ad- I think adults react that way to you too. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, you ready to do this? I am. I am. One hundred six. Good lord. Okay. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Can't believe it. One hundred and six. All right. Welcome everybody to episode number one hundred and six of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I'm Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the best way to clean and maintain the beloved Pilot Custom 823. We're going to talk about inexpensive Chinese pens and why you should buy anything more expensive. We're going to talk about if Konpeki is the miracle worker ink that some people claim it to be. We're going to talk about our favorite inks from each brand. We're going to talk about which fountain pen ink that we'd hire for customer service. We'll explain that one. And we're going to be spotlighting the gorgeous Namiki Aya, which I'm very excited about. I've wanted to show this pen off for a while, and I had to pull one for a video, and I already had it out, and I was like, let's show it. Anyway... This is also technically a video, so. It is. A different video, though. Different video. That's coming soon-ish. Anyway, that's uh, that's our introduction. It and is. now let's uh, do some feedback. All right, Brian, we are yeah. going to kick things off with Jeffrey Hall. Jeffrey Hall dash ct2tr that is that is the fellow here is that lead speak for something jeffrey says hey guys an informative pen cast this week oh extra informative pen cast this week really enjoyed the discussions on why manufacturers can't make vintage quality pens and make money on them Mm. also brian's discussion on leadership ideas were was great as to cleaning new pens Another maker I've been cleaning upon receipt are Jinhao pens. Mm. When I clean the new pens, I get some ink residue. Mm-hmm. So perhaps they are testing the inks or at least the nib and feed units before shipment. Okay. By the way, Drew, nice chucks. Thank you. Brian needs to do some sort of bushcraft demos and tell us about them. I'm sure he would be good at it. 
Bushcraft. Um, what is bushcraft? That's like going out in the woods and doing survival building, like, you know, building oh, like okay. lean-tos and, you know, huts and waddle and daub homes and thatched like roofs. A, and There's a lot of that on YouTube, I see. Oh, yeah. Like, I've sent you. A lot of it's fake, though. I've sent you. you know? No, you know who's not fake is, um, uh, 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 oh, golly. I remember the, that Australian the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've sent videos. Yeah. He's just awesome. Yeah, and th- this is not the first time. I would be into that. You, th- this is not the first time bushcraft has been brought up as far as something Brian should get into. Like, yeah, there are there there's there's been some recommendations okay. about you bush and craft. I could bush some craft. Yeah, so craft some bushes. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, anyway, I'll look it up. I need yeah. another hobby. I need another hobby to add into the mix. Let's, Definitely. let's do it. Definitely. <laughs> Um, and Dan Bradley says, I have to say, I disagree with Drew on cleaning being the most miserable part, miserable part of this hobby. Mm. I actually find it to be relaxing and fun. Gets me away from the desk for a bit. And I know once the pen and converter is clean, I get to pick another ink to use. I mean, mm. yeah, I can see that. But if cleaning isn't the most miserable part of the hobby and using fountain pens, then what is? Like, it's definitely the least amount of fun, right? You don't look mm. forward to... If it's like writing or storing or like, what else do you do with a fountain pen that's worse than cleaning? Like, give me uh, an example, Bradley. Come on, man. It's a good question. There's it's the like I get that there not are so many other things you do with right, pen. right. It's definitely the worst part. Unboxing, but that's one of the best. No, parts. That's one of the best parts about it. Yeah, I'm not honestly. saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just uh, saying it's the worst. Oh, mm. the worst of some very good things. I do understand where he's coming from, though, because oh, sure. I find cleaning pens to be cathartic. I don't, but I can understand how someone would. Yeah. For me, it's like, well, it's like cleaning most anything else. You also cutting, you also never, like cutting your grass though. And I hate that. I love cutting my grass. Yeah, I do. Weird. And I mourn it a little bit because Joseph is doing it now. Oh, terrible. And I'm really proud of him and he's doing a good job. And it's very gratifying as a father in a different way, but I secretly kind of miss doing it myself. Right. But it's, I've got so many other projects. It's fine. I'll find something else to do. But anyway, I get it. I see you. I see you, Dan. I know what's up. Um, for me though, it's like it's like any other type of cleaning thing, whether it's like washing my car, cleaning, you know, power washing my house, that type of thing. I'm I'm not initially looking forward to it, but once I start to do it, I find it very gratifying. Yeah, I, I find pen cleaning the same way. I really enjoy spending that time with my pens, but I don't like when I'm I have a lot of pens to clean, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I gotta make time for this. It but, gets really intimidating. Yeah, I can. I can. Um, primitive technology is the name of the YouTube. That's channel right. I was that rings about. a bell. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right, I got some feedback too. Don Gilkison. In the Pacific Northwest, we are also plagued by yellow jackets, and this year is bad. Through, uh, through research from pest removal companies, I learned that aggressive yellow jacket behavior can be triggered by vibrations nearby. So just using a chainsaw in the vicinity of yellow jackets may not be a good idea. When the nighttime temperature begins to drop, to 45 degrees Fahrenheit or below, their populations start to decline. Can't happen soon enough for me. Well, I feel you on that one. And yeah, it is true. Because anytime I've been stung by yellow jackets has pretty much been using something that vibrates. Whether it's a lawnmower, chainsaw, tiller, something like that. It's usually some kind of vehicle, some type of vibrating thing. And when you think about it, like I've been, you know, at picnics, outdoor events where yellow mm-hmm. jackets are swarming all over the place. You go to a yeah. park, the trash cans are just full of yellow jackets. Especially this time of year. And they never yeah. sting you, though. 
Not unless you aggravate them. Right. So then I they can, yeah. The vibration must be an aggravating element. I'm sure that it is, yeah. yeah. Especially if it's near their nest. Mm -hmm. that, that's why, like, mowing the lawn, you're so much more likely to get stung because yeah. their nests are often in the ground. Oh, yeah. And if you're running that lawnmower near their ground, they're all getting pissed off yeah. and come at you. Yeah. Mm, they're the worst. Anyway, um, CJ Neeson says, Brian, you've never read Lord of the Rings. You lucky man, you still have that to look forward to. I would give anything to experience it again for the first time. Hmm. Looks like I'm going to be a lucky man for a while because <laughs> I have no plans to read it in you know, the foreseeable future. I, I have been, uh, I've never read them. Um, I've you know watched the movies a billion times, but hmm. I only read half of the Return of the King book until somebody made me feel bad about not mm -hmm. understanding it properly and I gave up. Anyway, oh. I've, I, I, from what I understand, Andy Serkis, uh, the you know famous voice actor and play, okay. who plays Gollum in the Lord of the Ring movies, oh, okay. he reads the uh, audiobooks. Does he really and like Gollum the whole Of course time? he does. No, not hold the whole time, but he reads <laughs> the whole his book. Part. That would get yeah. a little old. <laughs> it would. <laughs> it would. But I've been wanting to listen to them um, on Does he audio. like act out the voice like the characters? I don't know. He might. Because... I'm I'm on the fence because I do a lot of audiobooks, mm -hmm. but most of them are nonfiction. Yeah, I do. A, I've done a little, little bit of fiction here mm -hmm. and there, a little bit of George Orwell mm -hmm. stuff like that. Still very dystopian. Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Very serious, like nonfiction Char related. Character voices need to be done right. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm really Andy, on the fence about whether I like character voices in audiobooks. I'm certain Andy could do it. If anybody could do it, he could. Pull I think it it's off. done well. Yeah, but he's he's yeah. the best of the best. But some of them get kind of cringy. My, yeah, I've I've listened to I've listened to um, you know male presenting voice actors do very feminine voices or an, an attempt to do very feminine voices, and it seems yeah it sounds it seems like like Steve Buscemi with a wig on yeah you know like oh hey how it's you like, doing I'm a lady yeah like, it's just bad <laughs> like there's a reason why like comedy is done yeah. with that. To, to do mind, it right, you, know? you just need to put your voice in just a slightly higher octave and just leave it there. Don't, yeah, don't do, overdo it. Don't overdo it, yeah. Yeah, I so, hear you. I hear you. But yeah, I, I, I would like to listen to them one day. Yeah. But I mean, if you ever did want to watch Lord of the Rings, like it's not like you wouldn't enjoy it. Like it's. Like, yeah, I think the mo I would be much easier for me to do the movie than the book because yeah. the books are long, aren't they? Aren't they like... I mean, there's... Right? It depends. There's, there's The Hobbit, you know, the first book, and then there's three... Additional yeah. books for Lord of the Rings. Sounds exhausting. Just hear multiple books of it. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I wish I could get more into it. It's just so much work for me to read. It's just hard. Well, I can't yeah. really get into it. No, it's, start, it's very laborious for me to yeah, start, read. Start really slow reading. I'm sure eventually your kids will want to watch Lord of the Rings. So, you know, that'll be your opportunity. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would think so. They're yeah. both in like kind of nerd adjacent. So, I really, nor, Lord of the Rings. Not really nerd. Yeah, you know, Lord of the Rings like, is like Star Wars. Like, you don't have to be in that genre yeah to but enjoy it, it. it leans more in that direction you sure, know what i mean sure, it overlaps it, heavily with more of the nerd geek kind of crowd it does and that's my that's my that's my whole family yeah. including me so great yeah i could be you'll get there eventually yeah. we'll see we'll see yeah um all right jeremy shu i started every pen cast by wondering what three pens drew has inked and whether or not brian is wearing cargo shorts well, well, sounds like we need a new segment here. I've got my brown diplomat <laughs> arrow. I've got my um, sailor Monyo nuts pro gear slim, and then mm -hmm. I've got a gravitas sentry uh, inked up right now. So those are my three. Brian, I am wearing cargo shorts today. 
<laughs> did not plan this. Did not look at the question ahead of time. But I'm wearing some green cargo shorts, which I think goes with the blue. Not only was is he wearing them, but I, he, he I was actively carrying cargo. He had in my an, pocket he on the a, way to this pen cast. He had a I was like, large, I'm cargoing. He had a large fountain pen box sticking right out of the top flap of that thing. And then this side, though, this is a zipper. So I got my phone in here. So easy access, can zip it up, you know. I easy got the access. Velcro on the other side with the rivets in case my pockets get filled with sand. You I never you know, know. Or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Every now and then you just got to fill your cargo pockets with sand. These are like... More streamlined cargo pockets, though. I they're see not they're, like they're, the they big, look, like poofy. They appear to be ripstop material too. Yeah, they're very. Uh, there we go. Yeah, these are good shorts. Solid, yeah. solid construction. I'm into there. it. I'm into it. All right, um, that's it for feedback for right now. Uh, let's talk about some new stuff. All right, so the thing that I was carrying in my cargo shorts on the way here because I had my water, I had my coffee, and then I grabbed an ice cream out of the freezer too to eat that because we. We just restocked on some novelty ice creams around oh here. God. It's so magical. So I had one of those Snickers ice you cream bars. You open our freezer and there's just like ice cream, like, like Snicker bars. So good. The strawberry shortcake on a stick. And I love you those. Klondike bars. Oh you know what God. it is? It reminds me of back when I was in school. Oh, yeah. They were the best ones. And I was like just pining to get ice cream. Oh, yeah. And I would like so rarely get to get it. But when I did, it was just magical. Magical. You know what else is in there is the uh, ice cream, the cookie ice cream sandwiches with M&Ms in the ice cream. Ooh. I know. I haven't had one of those. Neither have I. But it looks amazing and oh. it makes me so happy. I'll have to get in on that. Uh, anyway, the pen that I, well, Rachel just handed this to me because whatever, she had it in her office. Um, but it's the new Edison Premiere. This is an exclusive of ours. Well, all the premieres are exclusives, but it's also continuing to be exclusive. Um, so this is in a new material called Dragonus, and it is hard to describe, but it is basically a kind of a smoky, translucent, but also kind of milky, yeah, like gray, blue, white, like creamy white with this like pinkish kind of shimmer in it. And some sparkles, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's... Like no other material that we've seen before, it's so it's 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 a um, uh, acrylic acetate. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a new type of material, but just the the color of it is is very interesting. And we have not done really a lot, if any, translucent premieres before, um, because it is more work to do it that way. Because the, it's extra steps to be able to like polish it up on the inside. And stuff like that, uh, but it was a special material, so we really wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Our first time working with uh, Jennifer Early of Stormwinds Blanks, mm -hmm. so we're excited to uh, yeah. offer this up. Actually, it may not be acrylic acetate. Then I'm sorry, I misspoke. You're right; it's not. It's not from the same supply that we've done most of our other premieres. Yeah, so it might not be acrylic acetate. It might be more like a whatever. Some it's a poured resin that it's she poured, makes. Poured cast resin, yeah, poured cast resin turned. So it's it's same. It's it's not an injection mold. It's the same processes um other edisons but yeah very excited about this so it's pretty cool very cool yeah it looks like it would go really well with like some lighter colored inks if you're a fan of sailors you know oh, yeah. um, chromo shading inks any of those would look really good in this yeah some of the lighter colors of robert auster like thunderstorm or not thunderstorm is not light but thunderstorm would go mm -hmm. well with this cherry blossom would go really well yeah um like yeah Mon some, sailor monio haha yeah any of those like lighter of kind those, of like yeah. stormy looking Mm -hmm. colors especially if it like leans a little bit pink because this mm -hmm. has some like kind of pinkish very light pinkish kind of streaks in here yeah. and then the glitter too it's very interesting and every one of these is going to look 
different because yeah. the pattern is going to be completely different per pen. So yeah, we got pictures of that. We're trying to photograph multiple pens of them to put sure. up on our site so that you see a, a sampling of what they could look like, but each pen will be kind of unique. So that's always cool. Um, so anyway, we'll have that on there. Um, I don't remember the price exactly. $199. $199. There you go. So it's a little bit more than our regular premieres, but part of that's because the material and then the, the translucence to it's more work to do it. But anyway, pretty special. Um, and then we got in the new Jacques Herbon 1670 ink, which I'm very excited about because I just love this line of inks and the packaging and the bottle and everything looks. So this is the, it's very it's it's a uh, it's near and dear to your heart because it just goes you oh, go yeah. you and this brand go back a ways because it was the Rouge, first ink brand we ever carried. Yeah, Rouge Hematite was like the first. It was the first shimmer ink. Right. Well, I don't know if it was the first shimmer ink altogether, it but it's like the first the, that I remember. It was also seeing. the first like really, really special, unique thing. Oh, yeah. The box was never before seen, or like the packaging presentation was never before seen. Yeah, the like, wax seal on the yeah, it struck a and chord. Everything. Oh, it looks so yeah. good. Yeah, and it's so thoughtful too, because like so this this color is called fuchsia de Magellan, so it's like a hot pink with shimmer in it, like gold shimmer. And, you know, it's cool because you have the 1670 line of inks, which all have gold shimmer. Then you have the 1798 line of inks, which all have silver shimmer. Not sure if you knew that, but that's part of what distinguishes it. But then even in the packaging, like the the little ribbon that's used when they do the wax seal, it's a gold like ribbon. So it's like, or it's like a string or I don't know what what you call it exactly. But even just that, knowing that it's like gold shimmer in there and that it's like "Mm, freaking nailing it. It's done really well. Yeah. And there's not so much shimmer in these inks as there is in other shimmering inks, like inks from Diamine, inks from well, Robert Auster. This one, I don't know. It's swirling around in there pretty good. It, I haven't like sw- I haven't swabbed it myself yet. I just got my bottle this morning, so it, it's not. It's not. It. When I swabbed it, it was not an overwhelming amount of shimmer. Okay, and, and that that's pretty characteristic of most sixteen seventy or seventeen ninety eight. Maybe the inks. ink itself is a little more translucent, so you can see more of the shimmer. But like when you shake yeah. that bottle, it's like. It's very it is. like eye catching, but I haven't the, the these inks. I mean, there's still plenty of shimmer in there, but compared mm. to something like you know the Private Reserve shimmer or something like that, it is on the lesser end of that. So it will yeah. be if you're looking if you're a little bit more apprehensive with your shimmer, this one will be the yeah. best way to dip your toe into that. Yeah, and it's a little less maintenance in the pen too because yeah. there's less shimmer. So yeah, I'm a big fan. I love all of Jerobon's inks. Um, so yeah, I'm curious what y'all think of this one once it starts to get out there, but, uh, we just got it in. We'll have that available now. And I think as far as I know, they've, everyone they've come out with, they continue to offer it. So it's not like a limited thing, you know, they come out with, it seems like one every year, but they just keep them going, yeah. which is great. Um, so that's a 50 mil bottle that'll be in there, uh, 29.99, 29.95, sorry. Um, yeah. And then we'll, we'll have it available as soon as this, well, probably before this video even goes up, yeah. I think. But anyway, that's what I got. What about you, Drew? Um, I have some Kaveco pens. Hey. We're going to talk about the Kaveco okay. infrared Perkeo. We don't often talk In- about new Perkeos. Infrared is one of those words that like, I always want to say infrared. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like February. Mm, February. Like February. Infrared. 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 It's an infrared February. It's an infrared Perkeo <laughs> from Kaveco. <laughs> So the Kaveco Perkeo Infrared <laughs> is available now for $29. It is a translucent red. It is not what I would consider. Is it red? To... It looks very pink. Well, it's translucent red. So it's like it becomes pink. It looks because pinky. It, it, it gets... walks that line. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's, it's, like... infra, it's infra, Brian. 
I guess that's the infrared. Yeah, that's infraredness. The, so yeah, it is kind of pinky, but I think the pinky is a byproduct of its translucency. Is a word. Trans, translucivity. Yeah. That's oh yeah, translucivity. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. We're na- Nailed it. We're nailing it. Um, this, so that is available. Uh, it's twenty nine dollars. It's per ko. They're nice. They're fun. It's a different color. You, I will say, there's not another fountain pen that I'm aware of that is this color. It looks pretty unique. So. Yeah. That doesn't happen every day. Almost, almost looks like it walks the line of like coral. Almost, I want to say. I but need to get one of these in my hand. I'm, I'm, I'll yeah. probably add this to my next what's new video. But um, yeah, interesting. It's there. It's a collector's edition, so it might not be around forever. It's there if you want it. But the nice thing about the Brakeo is it will take a full size converter. So That's that is will. that is cool. You know what else will take a full size converter that is in the Kaveco line is the Supra, Brian. Yeah. The Kaveco Supra is now available in a new color, and it is aluminum this time. Um, technically, it is aluminum being referred black. to as aluminum black, and that is $140. This is a model that I'm a big fan of because it kind of transforms. It can be a full-size pen or a pocket pen, depending on whether or not you want to It's a, fi- a fiddler's add. delight. It is. So I haven't actually gotten one of these into my hands either. I'm curious to see how it feels. Mm. I was a little surprised at the price, Brian. It's $140, mm-hmm. which is more than the brass version. Um, yeah. Usually, like, yeah. the aluminum Lilliput dropped, you know, like half the price. So mm-hmm. um, Half the price of the, of the brass? Like, no, of like the fire they blue. Do? So like the fire blue... Well, the fire blue, I can see because the the way that you have to finish that pen. Right, I'm saying the fire is, blue is very expensive. Yeah, yeah. In the Lilliput, they all, which also has a fire blue version, uh-huh. it's only sixty bucks, so it's about half the prices of the fire the blue. Fire blue. Um, well, what's well, the what's the fire blue Supra? Two twenty. Two twenty. Okay, so yeah. it's so a little more than half. Yeah. So I was expecting it to be like around the one twenty or less, but. Either way, it's not okay. just black. Okay. It does have a. It does look like it's a little brushed. Yeah, it does. Looks like it has a, has a little bit of texture to it. It does. Yeah. Either way, if you're looking for a lightweight mm. Supra, this is going to be the lightest Supra available right now. So yeah, because all the other ones are. Is there, is there even an aluminum version? No, no. This, this is the first. This is the first aluminum. Yeah. Supra. So the only other ones is brass. <gasps> That's really nice. Stainless steel and fire blue. Let me see how much this thing weighs. So it brass is, is 120, stainless steel is 130. Overall weight is 20 grams. Yeah. That's very reasonable. Like that's a very comfortable weight. It is. It's a, it's a great weight. I mm. just, I, for aluminum, I thought it would be cheaper than brass. I don't know. It might be the mm. way they finish it though, because it's definitely not. And the brushing, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, again, I'll get one of these into my hand. Depending hands. on what type of black coating it is too, because the when you do a black coating, like anodized versus PVD versus black oxide. It might be something else. The process yeah. the process can vary quite a bit in its price yeah. and durability. But if, if you liked the Perkeo, but if you handled them and the weight was just too much, this is probably what you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Supra, uh, you said Perkeo. Sorry, Supra. is definitely lighter than this pen. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, so that's it. It says anodized aluminum. Okay. All right, So there cool. you go. Cool. Those are available now. Fun. Check them out if you want. We've got more pictures on the website as per usual. Awesome. All right, let's do some Q&A. Q&A. All right. All right. Drew, you freaked me out last night. I was edit. I was. I was I putting my. Talking qu- to you last night. I was putting my questions in here. You you prepped it, and I I got to number five, and I saw that there was a number five. Right. But you hadn't filled a question in. I was like, Are you trolling me right now? I thought about not doing it because <laughs> the they they seemed, you know, there was it a couple meaty? of the couple of them seemed lengthy, but uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't do any deep dives this week. I added so. a quick one for number okay. five. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. So um, a. B, 
Hishek. Oh gosh. Uh, yep. Someone Abhishek asked. Abhishek Panja is how I would pronounce that. Abhishek. Abhishek Panja. Abhishek Panja. Best way to clean a Pilot Custom 823 and how can I maintain it for a long time? Hmm. This is a good question just because yeah. we have talked recently about mm-hmm. the merits of a vacuum filling pen mm-hmm. and you know how the 823 specifically has some restrictions on it in so far as warranty and yeah. disassembly Ad- goes. Advisable yeah. methods so of if someone, cleaning. Yeah. If, uh, mm-hmm. um, if someone was to want to maintain their pen for a long time without voiding any warranties. Yeah. I mean, your options are going to be pretty limited mm-hmm. in terms of unique hacks and things like that to, to clean. Um, there's not really a whole lot of magic to it. Essentially, you just fill the pen with clean water and flush it out over and over and over and over it and takes a over long time. and over again. So for me, not just the Custom 823, but any vacuum filling pen, they're kind of my least favorite to clean. Yeah. Like on a regular basis. Though a lot of piston pens also can be kind of miserable too. Piston Especially, pens don't do that spritz thing though. Like yeah, you, you'll yeah. clean a vac filler and you think it's all done, that's and then the you'll burden. That's the burden of having a demonstrator vacuum filling. Pen, yeah, it's like I don't want to see of it. Them are. Yeah, you. No matter how much you try to clean and dry out a vacuum filling pen, the thing is gonna spritz on you. Just little mist. And as soon as you close, there's not it a up. lot of water in there. Just yeah. a little. It's just like a little sneeze of water droplets <laughs> right. that end up back in the barrel. It just happens. You just deal with it. Uh. Um, but no, I mean, I personally, I think that you know, a vacuum filling pen needs maybe a little more consideration in terms of how you're going to use it. Basically, meaning try to use more or less similar inks in it so that you're not having to deep clean the thing constantly because not that you can't it's just kind of annoying um especially if it's like a translucent one where you can sort of see the 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 amber though on the a23 though and even the smoke one for that matter it's not like you can really see a lot of ink left in there if there is like if like if you're changing colors and there's a slight tinge of something left in there you're not really going to notice so much. So I think you're you're really okay. It's not like, you know, a Twisby VAC 700 or something like that where it's like perfectly clear and you can see everything left yeah. in there. Um, so in that respect, I kind of like the E23 because you don't have to get so like anal retentive with cleaning it, but you do need to make sure that you flush it out regularly um, and that kind of a thing. So honestly, yeah, it's just flushing and filling over and over again. Now you can use like water with a little bit of dish soap in it. That can help to flush things out. A pen flush, of course, um, mainly a pen flush is going to help you if you have ink that's like dried up in there, you know, then that'll help to break that down. The pen flush itself doesn't necessarily like clean just like regular ink out of there all that much differently. I, I don't think, I don't really notice a huge difference for me when I'm just cleaning a regular color out of there, you know, especially if it's a color that tends to like, I don't know, some inks are just like clingier onto the side of a pen. Oh, for sure. You know, and like, I guess pen flush, I don't know. I haven't seen as big of a deal with that. Pen flush is really meant to like break down kind of dried up ink. That's where it does best. Um, but it can help. I mean, I've seen it, I've seen it help with certain like shimmer inks and stuff like that too. But ultimately it's just kind of, it's any vacuum filling pen is just kind of a pain to clean. And this one, I'm not going to say you can't take it apart, but, Pilot will say you should not take it apart. So that is a 
technically a violation of warranty. Not that it can't be done, but you're taking your, you know, risk into your own hands if you do that. Not me personally. My A23 is like eight years old or something like that. So I don't think it's in warranty still anymore anyway, because I don't, they don't have a lifetime warranty on these pens. I want to say it's, what is the warranty? I'm not 100% sure, but yeah. I'm pretty sure at this point, I'm on my own. We can anyway, check. We can so. check during the. We can check during the pen spotlight portion of our. There you go. <laughs> well, see, that's an Amiki though. We're going to cover an Amiki, so that's different. They do have a lifetime warranty on Amiki. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but not the Pilot. Anyway, so, well, anyway, still, it's your own level of comfort and all that kind of stuff. So personally, I find the best, the best thing to keep from having to spend a lot of this extra time cleaning it is to try to use, not necessarily the same ink, but like inks. You know, if you're going to use blues, blacks, you know, but if you're going from like yellow to black to green to purple, you know, it gets annoying to clean out like colors enough so they don't like really bleed together. But, you know, I personally have not like been super anal retentive about how I clean out my A23. I just flush it out a bunch of times and then put new ink in and it seems to work just fine. So I don't know. That's been my experience. And then other maintenance I mean, there's not really a whole lot else that's needed as far as I know. Even, even not... if you wanted to add silicone grease or something, you can't really do that without doing something that would void the warranty. You right. Can't, you can't get up in there without yeah, that's doing something the, the pilot would frown upon. I haven't really found the need to do it either. No. You know, there's way less friction on the seal against the body than there is on like a piston. Yeah, for sure. You know, especially a lot of pistons are double walled. Well, this one's not. If you look, and this is the nice thing about seeing a, a translucent pen, you can actually see kind of where it makes contact with the sides of the the pen. It's a very, very small point of contact. It doesn't take a lot for that like vacuum filling action to work. So there's not a ton of friction. I haven't, I haven't, per- I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever greased my A23. No, I've never greased, like I've never greased a vacuum filler of any kind. I don't really think I have either. I'll grease piston pens, like Twisbees and stuff like that. Like those, Every now and then. But there's way more contact in the double walled and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the nice thing about a double walled seal on something like a piston is you can put a little bit of grease like in between the two like parts of the piston that make contact. And then it kind of keeps all the silicone grease like in that area. With a vacuum filling pen though, if you if you greased it up, you would just essentially like, like push all the grease down and then it would just kind of be there. Yeah. So... I don't think it's really worth it to try to do that. I don't know. Maybe y'all have had a different experience, but I don't think it really takes a lot of extra maintenance. Um, You know, if you get like a shimmering ink or something like that and you get some shimmer on your feed, you know, you could use a feed brush or something like that, something similar, um, and that could help. But Nothing similar. Beyond just a feed brush. brush. There's nothing else. There's nothing else like it. Except no substitutions. Nothing else like it. Only used for that purpose, though. No other purpose. Um, I don't know. I don't. I really haven't done any more maintenance than that. Uh, maybe in the cap. So the cap has an insert. So sometimes ink can get up in there a little bit and it's kind of translucent so you can see it. Um, can you remove the insert on the 823 cap? Hmm. Because I could see if you get a little ink like between the insert mm. and, the, and the cap, that can get really annoying oh, for yeah. demonstrator pens. Usually pilot, you can remove most of those. I know with the Prera, you have to actually like use a tool and like unscrew to be able to remove that insert. But the Custom 74, it just pops right out of there. I think that's how it is with the Custom 823 as well. I think I you don't can recall. Just, 
Do I have my A23 on me? I don't know if I do. I might have it in my office. Even still, how would you, you need like a. I could just look in there and tell if it's oh, like okay. bonded, you know, but I'm pretty sure it works the same as a custom 74. So you could literally just take like a pencil or something pencil shaped, wrap like a rubber band around the, the end of it. So like, here's your pencil, you know, whatever. There's my pencil and I like wrap the rubber band like this way. This is my like uh, insert removal hack that I use for Twisbees and pilots and stuff. Just wrap the rubber band around it. It gives it just enough like girth and kind of grip to be able to get into that insert. You can kind of shove it down in there and it grabs it enough to be able to pull that insert yeah. out of there. And then you just use a cotton swab and you can swab out any ink or water or anything that gets in there. That's about the only other maintenance that I really do for the A23 or anything similar. Yeah, the only thing I would say is just kind of to echo your suggestion about ink consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, just go with an ink that you're familiar with and one that you view as predictable mm. and have that be the dedicated thing. Because you can't give these things always the deepest of cleans, odds are with an ink with a pen that has a high capacity like this, you're going to choose an ink you really like anyway. Just pick one that is consistent and predictable in its behavior, one that you know is easy to clean and isn't going to cause you headaches or make you, you know, not use this pen often because you find it hard to clean out because you used an ink that was just really cantankerous. So mm. if you wanted to just stick with like an Aroshizuku or something like that, that mm-hmm. those are going to be, you know, pretty easy. Pilot makes them, so they make them to work in their pens. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. So just go with something you find is consistent, you know, just take care of it like you would any other pen. But I think that with vacuum pens that have a high capacity and, you know, a challenging cleaning, you know, regimen, ink, uh, ink choice is really the best way to make sure it'll last you many, many years. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll say is like for the outside of the pen, you could use a polishing cloth. You know, if you if it starts to get like little micro scratches and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, this, this pen is one that will polish up pretty nicely. Um, so, I mean, we sell them, but you you can use jewelers cloths. Um, usually, it's like a two a two like a a two cloth cloth. I don't know how to describe it, but like the polishing cloth, ply? the two ply cloth. I don't know. Two, <laughs> sounds like a toilet paper. Yep. Um, but the reason that we have the polishing cloth that we do is because the lighter color has a little bit of like jeweler's rouge in there. So it actually has a little bit of polishing compound. That's the way a lot of like, if you buy any silver polishing cloths or anything like that, at like a jewelry store or a department store or whatever, um, usually one cloth will be just plain cloth and the other cloth will have like a polishing compound in it. So you can polish up those micro scratches a little bit and then you can just wipe it down with the just the cloth part. That's the other thing is just, you know, if you're talking like long-term maintenance and stuff like that, if you use a pen for years, you can get these little micro scratches. You can get little micro scratches on the, you know, the the trim of the pen and stuff like that. And that, those polishing cloths will little make it look brand new. Cool. All right. Next question. Boy, these handles are really something today. All right. Teresa Harris, Travel by Books 5564. Whew. Topic, the increasing interest in Chinese pens and how the writing experience is surprisingly good. So why buy pens that are three dollar signs? Alternatively, somebody, that's just what was written there. Um, I don't know what that means. More money, I guess. Alternatively, some people can make the claim that Iroshizuku Kanpeki can actually improve a pen's performance is there substance to the claims? So it's really kind of a two-part, yeah. I guess. Well, let's knock out this Compeki thing first because uh, that's an easy one. Um, 
and to my knowledge, there's no notable amount of lubricant in Conpecky specifically that would change the behavior of a pen. Certainly not mm. long term. If mm-hmm. perchance Conpecky just happens to be a really smooth, well-behaved ink in your pen and it just likes being in there, then yeah, sure, absolutely. Mm. But the odds of something left over staying in your pen that just makes it work better after you've emptied it like that's quite unlikely i don't think that is a thing no it's really not not if you're not if you're cleaning your pen at all now there is lubricant there's lubricant there's some some degree of lubricant in every ink it's just one of the main components but i know where you're going with this you're thinking of like some of like the noodler's eel series that are made to like lubricate piston pen right and then you've got you know some monteverde inks have a very specific yeah. lubricant in there that they advertise to my knowledge Suzuku has not advertised an increased level of yeah. lubrication in their inks now it very it's a good well, quality ink it's a great ink it, yeah. it always flows smoothly for me um so if by making your pen work better you mean you've got a pen that didn't work well with a bunch of inks, but it does work well with this, then yeah, that's absolutely possible yeah. that you could have a pen that just really likes a Roshizuku ink. Certainly, mm-hmm. that happens all the time. A pen might like a different brand of ink, but it really just depends on the proclivities of that pen and how well it matches up with the ink partnership. So mm. it could happen, but it's not going to make your pen write better it just could you know it's part of that trifecta the pen ink paper trifecta mm. once you find a good trio everything is happy and wonderful and magical and certainly Conpecky could very well be part of that successful trio mm. i will so, say i've never had i've never had Conpecky or really any of Roshizuku not act well in a yeah pen. they're great you know what i mean so yeah they're all great i don't so, know if it's actually improving the performance or just the ink itself tends to perform well i don't think it's improving the pen's ongoing performance right. like you said that's not really a thing it's just a, it's a, it just it's behaves a, well it's in, a consistent pens, yeah. easy to use ink that generally agrees well with most pens yeah um regarding the main question um the simple quick answer is to just buy what you value and i would say that to anybody about anything whether it be fountain pens or any other hobby if you find value in x buy x the end if you find value in, you know, a Chinese pen, then buy that pen. If that's what you want to buy, then buy it. Absolutely. If you value, you know, a heritage brand, then buy the pen from that brand. It all depends on what you connect with. I mean, this hobby is not one of commodities. It's, it's one of passion. And whatever mm-hmm. you connect with, whichever pen seems to strike a chord with you, that's the pen you should get. Because at the end of the day, we want you, we want everybody in this community and everybody that wants to write with a fountain pen to be writing with their pens. And if you buy a pen that doesn't connect with you, if you buy a pen that doesn't speak to you and doesn't get you writing, then that sucks. That that doesn't, Nobody wins there. You know, even if it's not bought from us, like we still don't want that. We want people to be writing with pens and we want people to enjoy writing with pens no matter where you get it. That That's what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you're buying a watch, a knife, a flashlight, or a fountain pen, you will be able to find something for $10 that gets the job done just fine. Yeah, especially these days. Yeah. As much access as we all have to But if you global, wanted to buy yeah. a, you know, $200 flashlight, you certainly could. Or if you want more to, than that, you can yeah, spend, yeah, absolutely. And if you wanted to buy like mm-hmm. watches, like you, you could buy a $5 watch 
or you could buy a $25,000 watch or a $100,000 watch. Like, yeah, that's why people do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not because one does the job $100,000 times better than the $5 watch, but because of a multitude of other reasons. And it's serving it, a different purpose at that point. It too, all depends you know? on what you value. Yeah. And that can go for any hobby, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, so with all of those products, you can explore, you can dive further and discover that you prefer something about a particular brand that you connect with or a particular feature that you connect with. And then you're willing to then pay for that feature, you know, mm-hmm. and the same thing with any sort of brand loyalty. If you're just, if you really dig Bosch dishwashers, that's going to be your thing. Like, yeah, you can do that or you can hand wash your dishes. I mean, either one's going to be fine, but mm-hmm. it's whatever you personally need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you could develop an affinity to a look or an aesthetic of a certain, you know, uh, brand of like water bottle, for instance. Like think about people very regularly oh, yeah. spend $40 on Stanley water bottles. That's like Ooh. super common right now. Or Yetis, like you got. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you have a Yeti right there? Yeah, it's a Yeti. I've got um, a Contigo, you yeah. know. You could get a water bottle for free somewhere probably. Oh, easily. Like you attend some sort of parade or convention. Yeah. You're going to have a free water bottle that holds liquid, mm-hmm. you know, and but that that's you know neither here nor there. If you want something that performs a different service for you in addition to holding liquid, then you find something and you pay for it. It's really it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It just depends on uh, on what you want. And then uh, you know just to say, Chinese fountain pens are great. Um, you know they bring something to the table and bring something to the industry that is unique to them. Just like every culture, every country of manufacturer that produces fountain pens for the world market. They all bring something unique to the industry and there's room for everybody and everybody does help innovate and everybody does help push the boundaries and things like that. And, you know, uh, there's plenty of room. It's a relatively small hobby. So it's not like, uh, you know, there's an oversaturation of fountain pens on planet Earth uh, or an oversaturation of fountain pen manufacturers on the planet Earth. So, uh, again, as long as you buy what you value, uh, we're just happy you're writing with fountain pens. So... Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah. I won't elaborate too much, but there's definitely factors outside of just what the end product of the pen is. Um, and again, I don't want to go into a deep dive or a rabbit hole or get into any political or cultural kind of things there. But, you know, there, and I don't want to overgeneralize either. Like not every Chinese pen is the same. Not every non-Chinese pen is the same. Or, you know, there's plenty of companies that make pens that are, better or worse than Chinese pens or cheaper, more expensive, whatever, usually not cheaper. But um, I know that manufacturing is a huge focus for China in general. And a lot of times there are subsidies from the Chinese government for manufacturing companies. So that's part of why the price is lower is essentially your pen is being subsidized. Um, And there is, especially if you live in the U.S., there's subsidies for shipping from China as well. So if you're buying direct, you know, EPAC shipping and stuff like that through USPS is so unreasonably cheap. It doesn't make sense. Um, you can't ship from any other country as cheap as you can there. So there are there are like political factors at play that make the price lower than it is from other countries just because of the subsidies and stuff. Um, so take for that what you will. Um, and then also when you're buying, especially if you're buying direct from like a Jinhao or Bauer or whoever, Hero, um, a lot of times they're cheaper because there's not as much R&D. They're, they're either like buying a design from another company and making it their own or they're finding 
very heavy inspiration from designs that other companies have done. And they're saving a lot of that R&D costs. And, um, you know, they're, they're essentially going to use the, the less expensive means of producing something. So over time, will that pen hold up as well as some other ones? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but then also there's, there's very literal in the way of like customer service and support and warranty and stuff like that. Whatever you buy, especially if it's direct from China, you're not going to be able to like send it back or anything. It's just like... You're taking the gamble, you know, but it's so cheap. Usually you're just like, whatever, I'll buy two or three of them. And if one of them doesn't work, it's not a big deal. So, you know, it's a little more that like kind of just like disposable commoditized uh, type of setup. But if that's what you're looking for and you just need some pens and you want them cheap, it's a, it's a good way to go. Um, but, you know, the it's at the same at the same token there, you know, you need, you need, you need, you need both. You know, it's like, you can't only have bespoke, really expensive, high touch, heavily designed pens, because that's not accessible to everybody. But if you only had mass produced, commoditized, extremely like, um, uh, low, low cost, low value pens, then that wouldn't be great either. You need a mix of all of it. So I think, you know, to get what kind of Drew said, buy what makes you happy and find what you value and me personally, I like them both. I like them all for different purposes. You know, if I'm meeting a kid and they want to know about fountain pens, I'll give them a shark pen. And it's like a great way to get them into it. It's super fun, exciting, it's cheap. And if they break it, who cares? You know, but I'm not going to give them a, you know, really expensive, like custom 823 or something like that. You know, but if I want to give a really nice gift pen, you know, my cousin just reached out to me and wanted to buy a pen as a gift for somebody. And, you know, I steered him more in the direction of like a sailor, you know, it's something that like is really um, gonna make more of an impression. So anyway, do whatever do whatever floats your boat. There you go. All right, Drew, I think you get to ask the next one. I'm going to ask you a question. This one mm. is from Allison. And uh, we're going to want to know, Brian, mm. your favorite ink from each ink brand. From each ink brand, like all the ink No, brands. you know what, we've got There's like- a lot of them. Yeah, we've got like 20 ink brands. So let's yeah. like pick like, Five or six or seven of your favorite ink brands. I think I went with. I think I picked seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go with that. Uh, okay, mine. So I did not necessarily look at my whole list. I kind of picked them like one at a time. Yeah. And I noticed a very strong theme oh, with mine. Oh, so goodness. I'm sorry, but that's just how it worked out. Cue so the "I'm blue" sound. We'll start right out the. Now. You're not far off that. Yeah. Um, so I'll do my list and then Drew, you'll, yours will, yours will be more diverse and interesting, I think, mm -hmm. than mine. Um, so starting off, so I chose of the brands, I chose Pilot, Sailor, Monteverde, Urban, Lamy, Robert Oster, and Dimine. Okay. And I, I did see your notes in there first. I tried to pick some that were different than yours. Awesome. So a little bit overlap, but not too much. Yeah. Um, for Pilot, I chose, surprise, surprise. Conpecky. Conpecky. This is my favorite Pilot ink. I don't know. It's well behaved. The blue is great. I love the shading. It's fantastic. The bottle. I love the bottle. Yeah. I mean, it, you get that bottle with any of the pilot inks. Um, but I really like it. I also really like Namiki blue. Because really? it's, it's got a little, little. well, it's got the insert. Oh, I love the bottle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the ink, it's not as interesting. So Conpeggy is definitely my favorite. Mm -hmm. And Namiki, there's only like two colors, I yep, think. So black it's and like blue. not that interesting. But um, it's just a well-behaved blue. And um, I think it's a little more water resistant. Not fully water resistant, but it's just got a little more, little more to it than- Do you ever- um, More so on the black. The Namiki black ever is surprisingly water resistant. Try to write with pilot blue? 
Pilot Blue is Namiki Blue. It's really? the same ink. Oh. Just the bottle's different. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I learned that years ago. Oh, darn. Okay. Yeah. So the ink itself. So if you if you have a custom 823 and you have, that's the only, in America, that's the only way that you can get that bottle that like. The Pilot Blue bottle. You know, Green Lantern shaped bottle of, of that Pilot Blue ink. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, that is Namiki Blue. So if you ever want to reuse that, if you use that ink, so that is actually a nice little, here's a little, nice little bonus yeah, tidbit I didn't here. Yeah, so if you are have been like savoring that ink because you don't want to use it up, use it all you want and then just buy Namiki Blue and just dump it back into that Pilot Blue bottle. It's the same. It's the same thing. Um, so I like Compecky. Uh Sailor, this was tough because there's so many sailor inks so i don't feel as confident about my pick here because i have so many that are kind of like on the same level i don't have like one clear standout with sailor so mine's a little bit more of like my favorite right now you know so it's it's not like i haven't looked at your list but i'm gonna guess you went with haha no, no, I didn't go with Haha. I like Haha. That's when you talk about the most. I do like its properties, but it's a bit light for me. I like punchier inks because it's easier for me to read. Okay, back. so maybe you went with the pigmented blue? No, I didn't. Dang, that right, was what, a nice ink. What'd you go with? I went with Shikiyori Yamadori. Oh, yeah. So you, it's like a nice, like very saturated kind of teal color. You do like Yamadori. I, I like that. It's that got one. good shading. Yeah. I like the, I mean, I love the Shikiyori. I love the Manyo inks. They're all really good. So yeah, I just went with that. I mean, the I haven't used as many of the ink studios. I've used some, but a lot of them are just, you know, they're nice colors, but yeah. they don't have as much shading or as deep a saturation as what I typically like myself. Yeah. I like my inks pretty saturated usually. And Yamadori's got more of that. So again, that will probably change relatively quickly. But Yamadori's one that keeps floating to the top. Neko Yanagi's up there too. I really yeah. like that one. Konagi is really good, but it's so similar to like Kanpeki and these. I'm like, I don't need another, you know, royal blue to throw in the you, mix. You, you ended up connecting with that round of Shikiori inks, the Fuji really and did. Koke. Yeah, like, I did. You really, yeah. I remember yeah. You, were, you were vibing with those. Yeah, they 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 popped on my radar. I got them like all in a group kind of yeah, at the same yeah. time and I kind of used a bunch and I kind of just keep going back to them yeah, a little bit. That's so, cool. Yeah, that's I do. Cool. I like this. Um, next I did was Monteverde. This won't surprise you at all. It's Horizon, Horizon Blue. Blue yeah. Very deep saturated blue. I love That's it. That's a beautiful blue. It's, it's a really good blue. I love, love that blue. Um, this one won't be a surprise at all. Urban was Emerald of Shavor. It's, I like a lot of the Urban colors to be honest with you, but the Emerald of Shavor just like is, it's just the best. I've loved that ink for a decade now. Uh, Lamy. I do like... You added Lamy? I added Lamy just because it was different. I looked at your list and I thought I would throw something in there. It's Lamy Crystal. Oh, okay. Azurite. Mm -hmm. That's the purple one with that heavy green sheen. Yeah, it's It's kind of like a mustardy sheen almost. Yeah, Yeah. it's just... I love that. It just jumps out at me. You know, I really like... It's so unique in the deep, deep, like, royal purple. I I really like that. That's a good ink. It's a cool, it's a cool ink. And I like the, I like the bottles too. They're not over the top, but they have a huge wide mouth in them. You know, they're yeah. easy to fill from. They're good for throwing too. Like just really like yeah. compact, but heavy. Yeah, definitely. So, Very aerodynamic too. Yeah. You get a good spin on it mm-hmm. and I feel like it's going to, Cut through the wind easier. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, very chuckable ink bottle. Very chuckable. Yeah, that's good to good to test out amongst your family. Um, next one also will be no surprise. Robert Oster is blue water, water ice. ice. 
Yes. That is one of two inks ever that I have killed a whole bottle and then moved on to another bottle of the same ink. Um, and the other one is Noodler's Black, which I use for all the Yeah, that kind of doesn't count. I have not used enough of that just on my own, like writing yeah. to actually but kill was, a whole this bottle. But this one is so, like using on your own. Yeah, that one is yeah. Blue Water. And I probably honestly would have, I probably would have used more than one bottle by this point, but Mr. Oster was kind enough to send me a 100 mil bottle ah, of Blue Water Ice, nice. which I'm probably about a third the way through. Oh, wow. So I've killed a 30 mil bottle on my own. And then I talked about it so much. He was like, I know you love this thing. Here's some. <laughs> he sent that to me probably a year or two ago. And uh, I've still got it and I use it. I haven't seen that. You got to show it to me. I'll show it to you. It's on the, on the shelf in my office. That is cool. But that, that one in particular, the reason I like that so much and probably why I end up using that one a lot, I do like the color a lot. But also, where is it? I mean, y'all saw it when I pulled out. I'm not going to get into a whole un, unboxing, un, unbackpacking video. All right, where is it here? Hang on. It's in here somewhere, I promise. Where is my bottle? Nope, that's Excedrin. Those are mints. Okay, what is that? Oh, that's hand sanitizer. Uh, anyway. Do you want me to move on to my list or? Uh, no, no, I'll find it. I'll find it when you're talking. Okay. okay. The last one on my list, I have uh, Diamine. Diamine's tough. They have a lot of really good colors. And a lot of good saturated stuff for you. And this is one if I was trying to curate more of a diverse list, I would have chosen a different color, but I really like this one a lot. It's Blue Velvet. Oh, interesting. It's basically like Horizon Blue. It looks it almost is. identical. It's kind yeah. of the same ink. But I really love... <laughs> That blue, that blue just, it just fills my heart with joy. Okay. No matter how many times I see it, no matter where it comes from, I just, that any of that blue, if I see like somebody wearing a shirt in that color, if I see a car down the road and it's in that color, it just always is just, wow, like I'm drawn to it. I can't help myself. So anytime I see that ink in that like shade of blue right there, I'm just like, oh, yes. So that's where I'm at with that. So basically blues teals and one purple to mix it up but i all deeply saturated i i don't have a wide breadth of <laughs> tastes here i don't have any blues on my list well good Not that's one. that's good because everybody will be like yeah. how many blues we need we don't need about? any blues so, anyway that's so funny uh before I do I, like other colors you but do. when you're talking like yeah, my favorite you answered it brand, yeah yeah you answered it honestly I didn't say it depends. I didn't no, try and skirt didn't. out of You're it. You're right. I, I made choices. That's true. All right, Allison, <laughs> you got to respect respect the man's approach here. Uh, before we get into my favorite inks. Oh, here it is. Oh, what? Here it is. Oh, there it is. So I, keep, I keep my blue water ice. This is my little 30 mil, which, so I've already killed this one. I think yeah. I like. Re, I That's think less I, than half. I think I got, I think I took another one and then I got the 100 mil. So I keep mm -hmm. the 100 mil in my office, but this is the one I travel with because it's 30 mils, so it's one ounce, mm -hmm. so I can fly with it and it's not a problem. And it's plastic, so it's very durable and the cap seals well. So it's just my great, like, leave it in my backpack all the time. Looks there we great. go. Looks great in all pens. It does, it's a beautiful. Okay, beautiful now I'll shut up, it's Drew's turn. Um, so before I get into mine, I wanted to mention that I spoke to Ethan on our customer care team today. And I said, Ethan, what ink are you really, really kind of jiving with right now? And he's mm -hmm. like, I think that people should try Robert Auster Australis Hydra. 
And so I wanted to let the good audience know that if they wanted to make a purchase between now and next Friday, they can type HYDRA, all caps, into the coupon code section of our website and get a free sample of Robert Oster Australis Hydra. So this, there you this go. This looks really close to blue water ice. Yeah. It's like a turquoise. He's a big fan. Turquoise teal. Cool. So, um, I, haven't used it. I haven't used this one. Yeah. So um, between um, episodes, uh, basically, if you see episode 107 out, disregard this. Too late. Yeah. You missed it. <laughs> but if episode 106 is the most recent pen cast, then this coupon code will work for you. H-Y-D-R-A, all caps in the coupon code box. Get your free sample of Australis Hydra by Robert Austere. All right. And uh, so my favorite diamine ink is an easy one. It is Winter Spice. It is yeah, a brown ink. It has blue shimmer. It has green sheen. It is the best of diamine. So you can't beat that. If you exhaust the blue shimmer, you're still left with brown and green, which is earthy and beautiful and warm and cozy all year long. Mm. Enjoy it. Uh, Robert Oster, my favorite, is Cafe Crema. That is mm. my current favorite, like, shady brown ink. Yeah. It's a nice a honey brown, a yeah. uh, little sepia Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of good sepia inks. There really out is. There. Yeah. It's very that's nice. A good one. So it's Pleasant Cafe Crema. And then uh, Ferris Wheel Press, Buttered Popcorn. Not sure if you know this about oh. me, but I like buttered popcorn. Do you like buttered popcorn? I do. Is that, is that something you're interested in? I do. How about that? It's good. It's good. Uh, platinum. <laughs> I really, really like carbon black. Did a video um, yeah, on like that's... did a video on waterproof blacks like a year and a half ago, two years maybe. That one's really solid. And that one won the the battle. And I hadn't really used it a lot before that video. And I haven't. I was never I just. I never went to blacks. But mm. since then, if I'm inking up a pen that has really good line variation, I like carbon black. It gives me that really kind of old school script feeling and it's so dense that it makes me feel like I'm writing the Declaration of Independence or something like Mm. that. It seems like an old, like really kind of saturated mm-hmm. you know like 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 an ink that has stuff in it you know yeah well, it, makes, it does have stuff in it <laughs> i know yeah it, it 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 feels like yeah i'm writing with some some heritage infused mm. into my yeah. you know script so mm. i just like like the way it uh now, have, plays you, on the paper. have you used a lot of the chow kuro i haven't used, used the new, I, like, I used it deep when dark black i used it when we got it new and mm. it was darker but not that much darker hmm. so i'm like i don't understand the appeal like it was darker, but maybe if it was like $2 more expensive than carbon black, then yeah, mm. sure. But it's like a bazillion so like, dollars more well, than carbon Law of diminishing black. returns. Yeah, it's not like exactly. Worth it to you to exactly. Okay. That's the way I feel about it. That, but it, it's good. Yeah, but. that to me is probably more like in some like fringe cases, it would probably make a big difference. Sure. But probably just with everyday writing, it's probably not noticeable yeah. enough no. to, to justify. But yeah. to, to me, to me um, pigmented black is pigmented black. Like I would, I could just as easily have said that I my favorite ink was um, Sailor uh, Kiwaguro. That's a good one too. I love that one, but uh, I think I think you know Carbon Black slightly above that one. But honestly, they're both mm. fantastic. Yeah, they're both really good. And and they both neither of them ever feel too wet either. Mm. They both feel like kind of gritty and dry. I don't know. Maybe mm. it's in my head because I know they're pigmented, so it's in my brain. But either way, I like them. I mean, yeah, I don't know about gritty, but yeah. there is a particulate in there that's 
going to have almost, some difference. I almost than feel like they they look a, they look a little matte almost. Like they're not yeah, I can they're see not that. shiny. I can see that. That's so, probably that's probably actually because of the pigment. Yeah. The so, reason that it's gonna look darker is because that pigment is not bouncing as much of the light mm -hmm. back off. So anytime you have like a matte color, it's usually gonna look a little I don't know, a little, um, well, it's gonna look flatter, but yeah. I think that the, the color can actually look a little richer. Yeah, so a little I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of that one. Even though it's just plain mm -hmm. black, there are elements of it that I think are special enough to earn it a place mm -hmm. on my uh, best of list here. Okay. Uh, Private Reserve has my favorite green, and that is <coughs> Spearmint. I love Spearmint. Oh, I also that's classic, love, yeah. love avocado, but Spearmint is, you know, avocado that- Avocado is good. It is. It's great. It's a unique, it's but a more unique color. It but, is, but Spearmint just slaps. It is a slappy green, It's Brian. a very, like, true green. Oh, yeah. It's you know. bold. It's beautiful. It's like Fern Gully in an ink. Mm, okay. um, this is the second pencast we've mentioned Fern Gully in, so there's that. Well. Um, so, yeah, those are my top five or six or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. This is a great- spot in the comments for y'all to also tell us what some of your favorites are. Um, we'd love to hear some of those. Do you agree with what we said? Or maybe you have totally different take and you got some of your own interest. So curious about that. All right, Drew, I got a question here for you. All right. One that we've definitely never been asked before. No, this is a new one. All right. This is from Grant. He says, hello, I work with high school aged boys and often share my various hobbies with them. Well, that is very cool. After seeing a few snippets of the pencast, a group of them wanted to submit a question for Brian and Drew. And here we are taking the question. The school they attend focus heavily on success through character and leadership development. I'm loving hearing that. So they wanted to propose a scenario where different fountain pen inks are competing for the same job at Goulet Pens. So we're interviewing inks for jobs, mm. okay? What job? Grant will explain. You are interviewing four candidates for a customer care specialist opening. You have some familiarity with I've done what this it is before. to hire customer care, though never in ink form. So no, I've always new. chosen humans. Humans are generally more productive, I think, than inks. Mm. But you know, maybe I'm missing to out. each their own. Um, okay, so candidate number one is Organics Studio Nitrogen. Candidate number two. Jacques Urban, 1798 Amethyst de Laurel. Candidate number three, Diamine Wild Strawberry. Candidate number four is Pilot Eroshizuku Fuyu Syogun. Only one candidate makes a breakthrough impression and lands the job. Which ink is it and why? Well, this is quite the mental exercise. It is. It? it is. I'm fascinated by this. Now, um, <laughs> Brian K over in customer care has been speaking with Grant for a little bit. And okay. so, so I was aware this question was coming down the pipeline. And I have mm. to say that I know that Grant himself didn't pick these inks. The uh, students picked the inks. Okay. And I would just really appreciate how diverse this ink selection yeah. is because it makes it really easy for me Sure. because they're all very different. They all have different qualities and I'm going to going to kind of go through them um, interview style. So yeah. Let's talk about nitrogen first, Brian. Okay. Um, so nitrogen walking into the interview, you're going to notice nitrogen's not very well put together. You know, the box has an off-center label. The bottle has an off-center label. The, nitro gonna, nitrogen isn't really trying to impress anybody outwardly. Gonna, and that's fine. They're going to have dog hair on their clothing. And that's they're fine. Gonna be, I'm not going to, I get it. <laughs> I'm not going to hire anybody based on looks, you know, but it is, you know, it's first impression and all that, you know, so it's, it is, it, it's something. Um, but 
nitrogen as we know is a very vibrant vivid and memorable performer yes so sometimes you need that sometimes you need someone that's going to come in and just really deliver something that you've never seen before deliver something performance wise that you can't get from anybody else and that's awesome depending on where you want this person in your uh, lineup mm. however nitrogen is going to be a performer that needs constant upkeep and supervision this is going to be a performer that you're going to need to uh, maintain quite a bit. It's a top performer. It produces something that is very unique, but maintenance-wise, it's going to need a handler. And <laughs> if right. you're willing to do that as this person's future leader, then more power to you um, mm -hmm. because properly maintained, it can produce some really exceptional results. Mm -hmm. However, uh, that might not be what you're after. So we'll move on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amethyst De Laurel from Wait, real quick on nitrogen. Yeah. What comes to mind with nitrogen? Thinking about it specifically like a, a, in a person mm -hmm. scenario. Have you ever seen these videos on like Instagram or TikTok or whatever where there's somebody that's like sitting on a bench and they just like stand up and do a flip and then sit back down? Yeah. And the people beside them are like, what the heck? Yeah. That to me kind of is what nitrogen feels like. You're just like, like amazed, but also like kind of confused and yes. like, what is going on with this situation? It'd be, it'd be like if someone did that <laughs> while also presenting as a very ragged, you know, person that looks like they've been sleeping in Central Park for a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and then did a backflip and, you know, like a Cirque du Soleil sure. something. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Jacques Urban, Amethyst de Laurel, um, mm. nicely dressed. They're coming into the interview mm. looking good, Brian, yeah, as we talked classy. about. With, you know, uh, Fuchsia de Magellan, mm -hmm. they're coming in looking good. They've got the wax seal. They've got the ribbon. They've got they've got it all together. The socks match the tie or the yeah. whatever purse we're, matches we're, the nails. We're looking, the, we're oh, looking yeah. good. You know, maybe too good. A little bougie, but, you know, they're, they're, a little bit overdressed. they're taking it seriously. I can mm -hmm. say that much. Um, as far as performance go, they are bringing some unique elements. They're bringing some sheen. They're bringing some shimmer. They're bringing, you know, honestly, a pretty well-behaved situation. Uh, their performance is high. There will be some level of special maintenance because, you know, we are talking shimmer here, but not so much as something like nitrogen would. So mm. you're bringing that pizzazz, that flair, that level of excitement with some upkeep, but a balanced amount of upkeep, I'd say. So um, I think that uh, the maintenance isn't necessarily a limited a limiting factor in this particular case of Amethyst Dillerau. Mm. Wild Strawberry from Dimeime. So a uh, pretty neutral presentation walking into the conference room. You know, nothing crazy, nothing memorable. Very vibrant, very loud. Wild Strawberry is a punchy red, a very mm -hmm. vibrant red that is kind of like if you injected radioactivity into coral because it's not like a... <laughs> It's not like a grading papers red, but it is still a red. No, it's yeah, a, it's a little, yeah, it leaves a, a little pretty, more pink. It is a pretty unique yeah. red. Um, Very, yeah. very punchy though. Almost like hurts your eyes punchy. Mm. So very, very good for a specialized role. I would say the mm. wild strawberry, not particularly versatile. Mm. You're not going to be able to hire wild strawberry and then plug wild strawberry into a lateral position if mm. you find that there's, you know, something that might fit better or potentially, you know, upward mobility into leadership roles. Wild Strawberry is a very specific ink for a very specific task. Mm. Now, if you want to hire for that one specific task, Wild Strawberry is your candidate because it's going to kill. If you want a punchy, vibrant slap onto the page, you know, if you want that thing to get done, then Wild Strawberry, you know, will definitely do it. But versatility, I think, is a bit of a limiting factor. Again, mm. if depending on what you're hiring for. 
maybe it would be a better fit in like a slightly larger company that has, you know, more of a need for some like specialized Agreed. roles. Mm-hmm. Smaller company, you need more of a generalist. Maybe, maybe not. But the much. thing about hiring somebody for a very, very special specialist role is like you got to make sure that that person is going to be happy doing that specialized yeah. role for a long time. Eventually, mm. depending on the type of person it is, wild strawberry might want to be not so wild and might want to be just regular strawberry. And you got to be like, I'm sorry, you're just mm. too wild. You can't, we're not going to like, yeah, strawberry quit. And I know you'd like strawberry's position, but you're, you're wild. You're too wild um, for that. And this, you're not going to be happy trying to be just regular strawberry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, mm. it depends on the size of the company, depends on the fit of the task, but wild strawberry mm. is a very, very specific uh, mm. sort of ink. Um, finishing things off with pilot Orochizuku Fuyu Syogan. Excellent presentation. Walking mm. into the interview looking good. I would say less less bougie looking than Amethyst de Laurel. Like, yeah. They're coming in looking good, but not like wax seal. Maybe like, a little more like corporate. Yeah, like, yeah. Still looking looking very good. Business, yeah. Um, phenomenal business reputation. Time. Like coming in, you know, looking at their resume, say, yeah. seeing Orochizuku right there on the resume. Mm-hmm. That looks good. That That's that's yeah. a that's a plus. Seeing that written down, Orochizuku, we know what that is. Yeah. We know what it does. We're happy with it. You're not getting um, a bunch of problems. It's a known entity. It's a known entity. You know, I would say good references. You yeah. know, that, that represents. They're, they're coming in with a referral. They're coming in really, with a great trust referral. trust the source. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, consistent and reliable is the Iroshizuku family. Mm. We know them. We're familiar with their consistency and their reliability. Um, Fuyu Sioga, not particularly a showstopper, Inc. Um, yeah. They're not going to blow anybody away or stop anybody in their tracks and be like, oh, what is that? So their performance isn't going to turn heads, but it is going to be consistent. It's going to get the job done. I would say that Fuyu Shogun might not uh, be a potential leadership role because we're not going to see a lot of innovation here, but we are going to see... Depends. I could see like maybe in like an operational role. Yeah. Something where like structure and like procedure is really important. I'm thinking like a bookkeeper, like a finance type situation. For sure. Siogun is that like reliable, right? no frills, but always very dependable. Probably good for middle management if we did want to talk leadership, Mm. you know, because we're not going to be seeking innovation from Fuyu Siogun. Um, Mm. I'm not going to expect a lot of disruption, you know, a lot of trying new things. Probably not going to be a big risk taker because this, uh, we we, we know anybody that graduates from Iroshizuku University, prestigious university, Mm -hmm. but they don't cultivate risk takers in that, uh, you know, in their higher education facility there. Um, and maybe that's not what you need. Maybe it is. But uh, if you wanted a very consistent, reliable employee that could do well as a bookkeeper or operations manager, then uh, for you, Siogan would probably be a good choice for you. Yeah. Um, ultimately, yeah. I'm going to give the position at my company to Amethyst De La Rale hmm. because I feel like, you know, if we're talking overall hire, since we, have, we haven't specified what exact role for customer care anyway, um, Amethyst de Laurel, clearly not afraid of taking risks. They're working with some shimmer. They're working yeah. with some pizzazz. So they got they got a fun streak. But they also know how to control it. Yeah. That's my thing. They're not just shimmering all over the place to the point where they get clogged up and they clog yeah, it's up. Like, it's not like nitrogen, which ends up in places that you didn't even intend for it to be. On your pets, on your carpets. No. Amethyst nitrogen, nitrogen gonna, would be a good like 
hype person at like, yeah. you know, if you're going to, you know, sort of like a, a sign spinner that you have out on the street, getting a lot of attention. Yes. But they're kind of a wild card. That. That's more of a nitrogen that. type. You 100%. Know? If you're going to trade shows and, you know, you need somebody to like gather people in. Right. That's nitrogen. To and me. Or, or, or a lot of other shimmer inks. Like if you look at Private Reserve's uh, pearlescent inks, like golly, there's so much shimmer there. Yeah. Like it just, you could blow it off the page or so yeah. much. Anybody who graduates from Jacques Urbain, you know, they know how to measure mm-hmm. their shimmer. They know how yeah. to, you know, hold a little bit back. They know that we don't want all of it. They're going to, they, they, they've got it, but they know how to restrain yeah. themselves. Yeah. And that, that's, that's what yeah. I want in customer care. Hmm. Um, they're going to be measured in the risk that they take. Oh, uh, they, they are excellent performers while also, you know, having that flair. And that's kind of a nice blend of all of the candidates that we interviewed here today. Hmm. Uh, they're well balanced, and I think that they do set a good example for other inks to follow. Uh, as far as just kind of also uh, very, very established, very credible reputation too. Absolutely, like Urban is like you know, it's like coming from like Oxford. For sure, it's like very established environment. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and uh, also versatile uh, to work with in uh, different areas of focus. It, it's you know, we're talking like a deep purple, Brian. So. Mm-hmm. It can be, you know, in the right nib size. If we're talking extra fine, this thing's yeah. going to come off as pretty professional. You could use that yeah. in an office setting. Um, you want to put it in a larger nib or even a dip pen, and you can have it be really wild and crazy mm-hmm. and vibrant, yeah. and it's going to show off some of that shimmer as well. So mm-hmm. it, it can it can be what you want it to be. So as far as upward mobility, even cross training, things like that, I think that this is a very versatile hire hmm. that um, could go far. Could go far, especially in a small business like ours, Brian. Versatility yeah. is a plus. I agree. You need to be agile. You need to be okay with disruption and things like that. And sometimes you need to wear different hats just for the sake of the uh, for the business and what it needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that this ink can do that. I agree. Uh, my choice is also also amethyst to Laurel. Yeah. For both, basically all the same reasons yeah. that you just mentioned. Yeah. Nice balance of uniqueness, versatility, some interesting characteristics, but isn't going to be like outright offensive to the eyes of anybody who's you know coming across it so yeah i agree now i wouldn't be mad if i had a whole team of these inks because you know you've got a little bit of everything there but it's a bit of a mix yeah it is but if i had a if i put somebody in charge of this team it would be amethyst de la all right i'm into that so thank you so much very interesting question question, guys that was that was a lot of fun and uh appreciate you watching yeah not sure where you learn from any of that because we're talking about inks but hey you at least learn about the inks there we so, go. All right. All right. We got number, a fifth question. Number five. We did. We did. Um, <laughs> and uh, this, we were just talking about this ink. Yeah. Moonwolves is asking us, will the new platinum blackest ink, meaning Chalkuro, will it stain any pens? Uh, any pens? Maybe. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I haven't tested them on all of the pens. Right. Of the pens that we've tested, uh, we've not had any staining. Nope. And of the, I don't know, we haven't sold a ton of these bottles because it hasn't been that widely available yet. Several dozen. Yeah, easily. Um, we haven't heard back anything bad. Even, you know, they have some some pretty specific language about like which water to use to clean it and like distilled water and not to have any, you know, impurities in the water or whatever. We've tested it just with plain tap water. Yep. Haven't found anything negative ourselves. Now, of course, we're going to say... You know, the manufacturer recommends doing it this way, so that's what you should do to avoid any potential issues. But we've we've kind of like pushed and like tried to find some issues and we haven't found any yet, nor have we heard of any. So that's good. That's encouraging because we don't really know what is in the sink per se. No, I what used makes ink, it different. I used um, you know, sink water. 
So yeah. no no filtration whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is filtered because it comes from the city, you know? So it's like... Yeah. It's not running through an on-site filter. Water can vary wildly from one region to another. So I'm sure that's part of why they have the disclaimer they do because like the distilled water is like a controlled, measurable source that they can point to. You know, if you're using... You know, where we are here, we don't have particularly hard water. No, But I know, like, more in, like, the new northeast of America, there's a lot more hard water, that kind of a thing. So I don't know if you'd have more of those issues. But we haven't heard of any yet. So that's No, and it's we've we've shipped all over the world, and Mm -hmm. it's been out long enough because we had that original set. We had, you know. Yeah, we had the one that was, like, an introductory set that came with some extra goodies and and stuff like that. And the water. And bought some distilled water, Yeah. 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 So those probably were used with the water, but I guarantee you of the people that we sold them to, some of them listened and used distilled water, but I'd be willing to bet that most of them didn't. Uh, I mean, maybe the initial ones, if the water came with yeah. it, sure. But if it's were, interesting because like for us, distilled water is like whatever. Okay, you can just buy it at the grocery store or pretty much you know anywhere where you can buy bottled water. It's not as readily available in other countries and stuff like that. Like yeah. we've heard that feedback, especially in parts of Europe and stuff. They're like distilled water. They're like... I don't even know where to get that, you know? So you can, I'm sure if you use like bottled water, you know, that's like filtered, you know, using some sort of controlled water sources, if you have no idea what your water quality is. I mean, it's not a bad idea with any fountain pen, honestly, because hard impurities and like just that kind of stuff. Variables. Is, it's not great for any pen, like long-term use. Just like if you, you know, if you have really hard water in your area and you like, you know, flush your toilet or you have like a water fountain or something like that and you get that like, kind of like crusty kind of buildup and stuff like that, that lime scale, you know, that's yeah. that's the kind of stuff you want to avoid, you know, in your pens if you can. Um, but still with like cleaning it regularly and stuff like that would help with that anyway. So, um, yeah, I guess we're still learning at this point. We're open to it. And because of the language that they use about like being so specific about cleaning it, we would think that like, oh, maybe there's more of a risk of something happening. But it's, so far, yet, so good. it's yet to be seen. It's yet yeah, to be we've, seen. We've sold enough that if there was a widespread, very common issue, we would have mm-hmm. heard about it by now. Yeah. So while I'm sure it's going to stain some pens eventually, yeah. uh, as of right now, you know, a couple months in. Uh, usually, usually if there's an ink that causes any issues in pens, we hear about it fairly quickly yeah. um, because, you know, our customers are pen users and they use the stuff they buy. So, you know, anyway, cool. Yeah, so there we go. Awesome. That's Q&A. Well, that's what we got for y'all this week. Um, you can definitely leave some comments on the YouTube video. You can email us at pencast at gulepens.com if you have any further questions you'd like to see us answer in future pencasts. And today, we are going to do a pen spotlight on a pen that I've been looking forward to showing off for quite some time, uh, the Namiki Aya. Okay, this is quite the presentation, which it's what, a $3,400 pen, something like that. It should have a nice presentation. I do love the box. It's slightly textured. It's got this cool, like, I don't know how to describe this, little scribbly kind of gold embossing. Hairy. Yeah, (laughs) gold hair. (laughs) Um, Very nice. Of course, you know, I'm a fan of wood. I'm not 100% sure. I believe this is Polonia wood, which Mm. is nice. It's very... It's a very strong but very light wood that um, Polonia is often used for, um, oh, what do they call it? The the uh, the types of like ca- like cases that they would carry around the merchants and stuff like that in, in early Japan. Oh, what is it called? Tansu? Maybe that's right. I don't know. I'm, it's not even relevant. But anyway, 
It's a wood box and it looks really cool. Love the routing detail there. It's very nice. I'm talking too much about the wood. Okay, so it's got this beautiful little purple ribbon, very majestic, Namiki. This just lifts right off of here. And then of course you get some nice presentation with all the goodies. You get your use and care guide and all this kind of stuff and a little bit of factoids about Pilot Namiki. Some foam in here, you get a little cloth. So that's kind of nice because this is a shiny pen. Um, here's your Namiki blue, also the same as Pilot with BT Dubs. Um, you get a cartridge, and of course your pen is just just nestled mm. nicely in this like velvet, you know, little bed. Okay, and this pen, this is a this is a big pen. This is a big pen. Um, the overall like diameter, the girth of it is big, but not so big. But the length is very long. Um, you know, pens like this. I think they like to make them big because it makes for such a great canvas for the artwork on here. And this is largely a lot of what you're paying for with these is the artwork. Now they have four different designs on the Aya. This is my personal favorite. You would think I would like the blue one the most. I would. But something about this green, I think it's because it has the green one has rodden in it. So it's um, they're all nature themed. And uh, this one is um, like hills, grass, something like that. Um, they have another one that's water themed. Another one that is um, the red one is like a sunset or sunrise. And then uh, the other one is wind. I don't remember the exact names of them all. So it's like a black, blue, red, and green. The green one is my favorite. I don't know, just the hills. It's very nice. It's very pleasing. You get this kind of like stippled effect here with the green, which is just so impressive, especially knowing it's done by hand. And then you get the bits of rod in here kind of sprinkled throughout. It almost looks like, you know, rolling hills at like a nighttime when the stars come out. Uh, that's what it kind of looks like to me. Um, so you get the signature down here. So this is done by the Coco Kai group. So these pens are all done um, by the Namiki artists there. Um, there's a group, I think it's four of them, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they make them, so they all take turns kind of specializing in different parts of the pen. Um, and whenever they have the single line signature like that, that means it's done by the group. If you ever have a uh, pen that's done by a single artist, you'll see two lines there. That's their signature. Um, yeah, and then you can see how easy it is to see the end. But that rodden continues over onto the end, and you get it on the on the cap side as well. So definitely love the rodden. And then unscrewing the pen, get that huge number 30 size nib. This is Pilot's second biggest nib, second only to the Emperor. The Emperor has a massive nib, but this one, this is the same size nib as what you get on the Pilot Custom Urushi, uh, but it's a different design. The Pilot Custom Urushi is a two-tone, but it's got Pilot and it's more of like a, kind of like a diamond shape that kind of goes around the whole nib. Mm -hmm. uh, this one has Mount Fuji on here because it's Namiki and it's got the little Namiki logo in there too. Uh, two-tone as well. So the Mount Fuji is that like silver color. Snowcat. It's a little solar. Yeah, I really, really dig it. Um, and then, you know, there's no, uh, there is Urushi on the grip, but there's no like rodden or, or any type of lacquer, you know, design on the grip, which is fine. Um, the threads themselves are, are pretty shallow, pretty subtle. You'd think maybe they'd be sharp or anything, but they're not that bad. Um, so me personally, when I hold it, oh God, it feels so good in my hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a very sturdy pen. It's got some weight to it. Uh, part of that's its size, but I don't know if it's like the converter inside there or what about the the construction of it. Um, I believe it's 
Ebonite, if I'm not mistaken, um, with Rushi over it. I think so. I'm not, yeah, I think I think that's how it's done. Um, but uh, you know, and again, I've got a very big hand, but this this is a pen that like I would not post this. I would just write with this as it is. If you have smaller hands, this is going to feel big in your hands. But it's not so heavy that it is. Um, you know, distracting or tiring or anything like that. It just has some kind of intentional weight around it. Um, it does, ha it's interesting, these Pilot uh, number 30 nibs has the same kind of feature like you have on the Custom 74, Custom 823. So the filler hole on most pens is usually up here by the grip, but this filler hole is actually right here, kind of in the middle of the, the face of the or the, whatever this part of the feed is called. Uh, so that means when you're filling the pen, you basically only have to insert it up to that point to be able to, to draw ink into the pen. That's nice. You don't necessarily have to fill it all the way up, though you certainly can if you want to. Um, and especially because it's such a big, such a long nib, that's a really nice feature to have on this. Not quite as burdensome on something like the Custom 74, but on a pen this big, um, it is a really nice feature. And then uh, it is a cartridge converter filling pen, and it comes with the beloved Pilot Con 70. Uh, which is in here. You can use any of the Pilot Mickey cartridges in there. You can use a Con 40 or a, the whatever. The You could take a converter out of your Metropolitan if you want to, and you can use it in here too. Um, it'll take all of those, but it's big enough to take that Con 70, which is great. So yeah, so you can see here like the metal component here on the grip. I think that's adding a little bit of weight to it. I don't think there's any metal in like the inside body of the pen, but the body itself just has a little bit of weight. So because you have the bigger converter and you got some weight in the in the uh, grip here too. I think that's helping actually to balance out some of the weight that you get with a longer pen like this. So for me, it just, it, it feels like perfectly balanced in my hand um, without the cap on. Now you can cap it if you want to. And like most of the Namiki pens, I mean, you, most of them are, what did I say, cap it? Yeah. Well, you can cap the pen, that yes, is true. Good. Um, but you can also post it. Uh, and what's nice about this, I mean, Yurushi is a really tough material, but uh, it's got this like, felt sort of like liner on the inside here of the the cap opening so that when you slide it onto the back of the pen you know it doesn't feel like you're gonna like scratch such a nice touch or anything it's a nice touch and honestly it looks pretty good sometimes when you have a design you know with the pen capped and then you you flip it over it can look kind of weird but i don't know at least this design it looks kind of interesting because you get like this kind of mirrored inverted look yeah. to it so i think that still looks really classy but you can see when it's capped Whoa. it's kind of enormous. I have to move my phone away. Yeah, it's not it's not too heavy. So like I could write like this. But it does it does feel a little bit like I'm using like the like cap a, doesn't like even a, begin until past your palm. Though. Yeah, it feels like I'm using like a physical therapy pen yeah. because it's so big. So, you know, yes, if I didn't want to like leave my cap down somewhere, okay, I can I can put it on the back and that's cool and I can go. But if I'm going to write more comfortably, I would I would keep the cap off and write with it. For sure. So, anyway, I'm in love with this pen and I want it <laughs> and I am not going to be able to get it anytime uh, soon justifiably. So, yeah. you know, we all need our grail pens, but this one and then the custom Yurushi are like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I'm, do you have I'm the, on the prowl. Uh, do you have the price for this one? This one, I want to say it's $3,400. So considering, considering like that a, uh, Yukari Royale, which is the most comparable size to this. Mm -hmm would be about six grand, right? Um, um, to with, get one, yeah, you can, you can get the Vermilion one for 1200 Right. But to get one with any type of like design like this, you're looking probably in the four to 5000 and yeah. up. So this is, 
if you compare it to a Yukari Royale with Makie, it is on it's, the affordable side. It's definitely more on the affordable side. Which is odd to say for I would say I'll call it more pen, like on the attainable side. Yeah. I think it's atta- attainably priced. For that for that for what it for is. For what it is, yeah. 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 All right. Um but in my opinion they didn't they didn't sacrifice anything for this pen. I think they did a fantastic job with these. I hope they're really popular and I hope they sell well so that they continue to make more pens like this. Um but you know, it'll be interesting to see. It's you know, most of the most of the like high end Urushi pens like this they make are more limited editions and yeah. numbered things. And so I'm very interested to see like how a more regularly offered version I like, that like a this lot. does. I like to see it in as many hands as possible. I hope so. So yeah, let me know what y'all think. And especially if you get one of these and if you never used one of these nibs, oh my gosh. You know, I didn't want to like ink this one up here and write with it because it's not my pen. But uh, I have written with it before. I've done it, you know, for the Nib Nook. Um, it's an amazing nib. It's one of my favorite nibs of all time. I feel so, I feel sad that you want this one so bad and you can't uh, can't just. You know, maybe it. I'm just like manifesting it. So yeah. if I like, because I mean, you, you say it enough, yeah, then you did just get that Yukari um, Royale. I did recently. get a Yukari Royale, and honestly, I kind of wish that I'd gotten a custom Yurushi oh, instead. Man. But that's okay. But we yeah, the, we refer to the custom. I still love it. Yukari Royale it. more than we refer to this one. Just I, kind of yes. you know. Well, these are newer. Like this and the yeah. custom Yurushi are newer. And they are very, like this and the custom Yoshi, they're very big pens. So they're not going to be for everybody. But they certainly can be. Like I know people who have smaller hands that have emperors and stuff. And they use the crap out of them and they love them. So uh, very few people I know that have bought them have a hard time like using them because they're so big. I think because because the weight is so reasonable for the size yeah. of pen that it is. It's usually the, honestly, I think it's most of the time with big pens, I think it's usually the weight and, and how heavy the pen feels and the balance of it that tends to be like what people just can't deal with. So there you go. Uh, you know what? Here, here's what you should do. You should tell Rachel that you need a customer Rushi mm. and that you're going to do a video on the customer Rushi. We'll make sure if we sell enough customer Rushis from that video to cover the purchase of a you pen. You want me to make like a charity video so that if like... No, no, no. I'm just saying like... If four people buy this pen, it eventually, eventually get to have one as my well. My point is eventually <laughs> it'll pay for itself depending on sales, right? I'm liking what and you're then, throwing and, down. And then it's like... It's Can like we a, get Rachel like, on board with this? It's like layaway. <laughs> We're like, I'm going to do the video. I'm going to keep it aside. And then once we sell mm. enough of Rushi, uh, customer Rushis mm. from that video, then I can just keep it, right, Rachel? Mm? Mm? What do y'all think? I think I that. Mean, I mean, it's just like it when sounds you, pretty good to me. It's like buying a skee ball machine. Eventually, it pays for itself, and you start <laughs> making profit. What skee ball? What does a skee ball <laughs> have to do with anything? That's my. That's my. As opposed to like going to the arcade and paying to play skee ball. Well, if you're the owner of the skee ball machine, yeah, there's an outright cost, but eventually, mm. that skee ball is just printing money. Mm. Yeah, I think it's more of like if you go to a buffet and you're like, I'm gonna eat enough shrimp to <laughs> more than pay for my entire meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same concept. It's all, yeah. it's it, all of it are, it's all brilliant. There's a 30, there's, there's a 30 rock reference in there. Remember Liz Lemon goes to the, this like a uh, uh, Republican banquet with Jack Donaghy. As, oh, right. As her, yeah. As her chum. Yep. And she was like doing the math. She's like, right. She's like, if I go, she's like, by the time I'm done, you'll be making money. Right. <laughs> like how much shrimp she brilliant. was going to eat. Oh my gosh. Cool. Oh, whew, I'm still, mm, that pen. Whew, 
I gotta like yeah yeah re- recover. It's, Come down from your it's post so beautiful post Aya yeah. high. Mm, wow, cool. All right. Um, all right. Uh, what what's happening? Is that yeah? What's We're gonna right. find out what's happening. Let's talk nonsense. All right. So what's happening? Um, let me just talk about today, Brian. Because what is today, happening? Yeah. Today I went to Waffle House for lunch. Oh. And it was it was delightful. I didn't realize it was that recent. Um, it was today, yes, sir. We just had a meeting at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. I just got back from Waffle House. Wow, I thought you had a glow about uh-huh. you. I couldn't, I did. couldn't really place it exactly. I did. I, I thought did. it was the jacket. The it jacket was... definitely elevates. Yeah. you know, a bit. No, it was it was the majesty <laughs> of Waffle House. I uh, my my wife's taking the dog to the vet during her lunch break, so I didn't mm. have a lady friend to go home to and say hello to. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna hit up the other love of my life, Waffle House. So did that. Uh, I have been there often enough that the manager knows of me, and um, that's not shocking at all. Uh, last time, you know, I was talking to him about fountain pens, and he's like, "What are those?" Blah blah blah. And he asked mm-hmm. me if I had any samples. I'm like, "No, I don't have any fountain pen samples." samples? You're not like a traveling no. salesman. So no. this time, I was like, "You know, <laughs> let me bring a Kakuno with me just in case he's there." And uh, oh. sure enough, when I was checking out, he was like, "Are you that fountain pen guy from last time?" I said, "Yes, I am. Here, I brought mm. you a pen." So. I showed him how to ink it up. He popped the cartridge in. So, you know, yeah, gave the manager at Waffle wow. House a fountain pen today. <laughs> okay. Spreading the good word. So, yeah, that was... that was... Side side note, some sometime here before we end, you need to, like, take off your jacket and show everybody oh, okay. the patches and stuff like that. We'll do. We did get asked about it before, and I was like, yeah. oh, we should we should make it a point to do that. We'll anyway. do. We'll do. And then, of course, you know, uh, Friday we had our uh, company picnic, which was we a lot of fun. did. Yes. So, like three uh, years in the making. I know, I right? think this was the fourth one that we've tried to schedule. Finally happened. We've had several iterations. We've had bounce houses scheduled. We've had rainouts. We've That's had COVID right. disruptions. Yeah, we've like, we've actually planned and booked this thing like, I think four times total oh before it actually was able to happen. So, this was... So great in it so happened. many ways. The <laughs> weather was fantastic. Could not have been better. It was what, like 78 degrees? Perfection. Absolutely perfect. Slightly cloudy, but yeah. beautiful. Yeah, couldn't ask for um, The Gliz uh, had a little petting zoo for the kid, pigs, llamas, you know, a little I mean, min- we say min- was, miniature pony. And We say it was for the kids, but we were all getting up in yeah, there, we were. too. We they were. had there a little was... Sebastian like yep. pony they had a little, they had a baby cow yes i thought that was a sheep I, I thought it was a sheep at first i'm like oh my god no, no that's a little calf it's a baby, it's oh a my calf. god a they calf. had a taco truck we could get free tacos it was it was pretty fun oh, yeah. and all the kids were playing with each other never having met each other before um oh, i've already got you know i'm gonna you know bring my kids over to margaret's this weekend because oh. they they're friends now so yeah 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 her youngest my son, kid her youngest son latched onto you like that's because you I were got, his new best friend i just he, he was on, like a little puppy following you yeah, around well, he's he, adorable he got excited and i was the only person that was meet, matching his excitement about his various escapades it, it is pretty amusing watching drew interact with kids <laughs> because he really does he just like dials right in and kids love it yeah i can <laughs> i can hang for a little while until i get tired yeah um so that was fun and then uh, this weekend we celebrated my wife's birthday so she wanted to go uh, spend a day at jamestown she loves visiting williamsburg here in virginia and then you know 
she likes just the city. It's just very pretty. Mm. She likes all the houses and stuff like that. And Colonial Parkway is a beautiful drive down, especially in mm. nice weather. Yeah. Uh, they've got outlets down there. And then, you know, she likes, you know, uh, historical stuff. So, you know, hitting up Jamestown or the Yorktown Museum or Colonial Williamsburg is very fun for her. But this time we went to Good Jamestown. Yeah. So Jamestown's cool because it has a museum and then an outside area mm. with like, you know, ships and things like that. Yeah. And you can go on the ships. They're all, you know, you know, triple masted, whatever. And they actually are seaworthy. They actually take them out into the bay sometimes. Oh, so they're they're legit. They're yeah. legit vessels. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So we did that. That was a lot of fun. And then we had uh, a early dinner there at the Blue Talon um, in Williamsburg, and uh, that was that nice. was delightful. We got ice cream afterwards and stopped by the candy store. Uh, it was just a really and again beautiful weather. This was the following day, so the pleasant weather continued, and it was everything she wanted on her birthday. That's uh, awesome. So um, that was pretty pleasant. It's amazing how much nice weather can just like make an event. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Especially when we had like it's been blazing hot or torrential rain. Yeah. And not much in between. Nope. This (laughs) summer was not an enjoyable one. It was really hot. I mean, even you were saying like you normally love being outside. And even this year, like you just sometimes just didn't do it. Like that sucks. And now there's yellow jackets everywhere. So I'm still pacing myself. Yeah. Mm. But uh, no, it was a nice trip to uh, Williamsburg and Jamestown. And nice. then uh, on our way back, uh, um, Archer had, we, he has a point system where for, you know, good behavior at school, good grades, doing chores around the house, we'll give him points. Mm-hmm. And basically every point is a dollar and he can trade in 10 points for, you know, $10. Mm-hmm. And he had saved up, you know, $40 so that um, nice. he could get the Ninja Turtle pizza van toy. Oh my gosh. Um, Ooh, that so thing is, I know. throws me back. Right? This yeah. one's even cooler because when we were kids, they had a pizza, they had a van, and then right. they had another vehicle that was a pizza thrower. That was like a little mechanical thing that, that yeah. ejected pizza discs. I had a pizza throwing Raphael. So oh, that was like attached an, to his chest. He had like an yep. oven coming out of his chest. Yep. And he'd shove discs of pizza in his back. Yep. You'd break his arm and he would shoot yep. pizza out of his chest. And he was like, all like amped up. Oh, he looked yeah. like the Hulk. He was oh, all yeah. veiny and he was stuff. snarling. His yeah. eyes were like bugging out yeah. of his head. He was kind of creepy looking actually, but I always loved the action figures that like did stuff. Oh yeah. Shot and things. This new one, the van actually has a, a seat that like, you know, a gunner seat that ejects out the side and shoots pizza. So it's kind of like the pizza thrower and the van combined. That's cool. So he's been really excited about this. Uh, however, with, you know, toys these days, they don't get purchased like they used to. So, hmm. Action figures are used more or less for like promotional items for movies and yeah, stuff like that, and like they don't stick around. They don't. They don't. So did they? Did they back in the day either? Because I feel like as kids, maybe we just weren't aware of how they stuck around longer. Like if you wanted, you think so? If you wanted to go buy a Storm Shadow GI Joe, you could find a Storm Shadow GI Joe for mm. for like you know ten years. Like he was there if you wanted him. Yeah, it might be like a different version of him. I mean, but, is, is that way with Ninja Turtles? Like, are there Ninja Turtles that are just like not not specialty ones like that, but like just plain ones that are just more available ongoing. No, Ninja Turtles now really... are all depending on like, is there a movie? Is there a show? Hmm. You know, Transformers stick around forever. Transformers are just about the only toy that's always there. Like, yeah, well, I never even Star watched... Wars toys, I guess, too. But... I didn't watch the Transformers show very much, but yeah. I thought the toys were the coolest. Oh, absolutely. So they yeah. stick around um, no matter what happens to be on. But Ninja Turtles, no. Hmm. So anyway, this van no longer available at local targets. Um, oh. And we're like, oh God, really? Are we doing this thing? Um, you got to like chase it down now. So we did, yeah. We, tri- we On their way back from Williamsburg, we stopped off at the target in Laburnum. Oh, wow. They said they had one in stock. We were going to go oh. ahead and get it and then have him um, uh, vacuum as soon as we got home to earn that final point and then okay. give it to him. 
Uh, they didn't have it there. He he hung in there. He wasn't super devastated. He held it together. Hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, Shannon wanted to go to Target to get something else, and she was going to check the one nearer us. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, cool. Hey, you do that vacuuming, so we'll get you to the point, and yeah. we'll find it eventually. Um, he vacuumed. She happened to find it. <gasps> Got it. Oh. He, he was he was over the moon and seeing oh, he actually awesome. he actually asked me, "Can you record me?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll record you." Like he was so excited. Wow. Um, he asked me to put the stickers on, and my brother saw me post it uh, on Instagram. He's like, "So I see you're doing the stickers, huh?" Because as a kid, I would always want to do the stickers. <laughs> I'd like be like, "Hey, do you need help with those stickers?" So he, oh, he yeah. to this day he jokes and says, "Every time I put stickers on something, I feel like I'm doing someone else's job because I was always like the sticker nerd." I'm like, "Hey, I think you probably I'll probably do those better here. Give me your toy. I'm going to put the stickers mm. on." So he saw the empty sticker sheet. So I'm like, old, "Such an older sibling." Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He saw the empty sticker sheet. I was like, mm, "So you did the stickers, huh?" I'm like, "He asked me to." Yeah, he asked me to. That's right. That's right. Uh, so that was that was fun. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. so that was a pretty magical time. Just seeing him like going nuts about Ninja Turtle toy. It's like, what, awesome. what year is it? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like wild. the number of things. I mean, I know nostalgia is like obviously very strong. This movie is and not for our generation, though. This movie really? is for the kids. Oh okay. yeah, hundred percent. They're I mean, not our cool. turtles. They're that's they're cool. they're totally different. Like, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, those turtles are stupid. They look, they're different." You know, it's not made for us. It's not made to be nostalgic. There's like Ninja Rap gets mentioned briefly, hmm. but other than that, the whole movie is definitely for the kids. Okay. And I'm that's great because yeah. I already have my Ninja Turtles. If I need to go, I need to go. I'll go watch the 1990 live action movie. Like that's my turtles. Yeah. So I love that this is for the kids. Um, and then Saturday, uh, you know, again, I told Shannon, this is your birthday weekend. You can do whatever you want. She said, I want to take the dogs to the doggy ice cream parlor that opened up recently. I said, a doggy ice cream parlor. Okay. So we put all three dogs in the car. Wow. And we went to the doggy ice cream place this is a dedicated establishment mm-hmm. for doggy for ice dog cream. treats dog treats and doggy ice cream is it like a kiosk oh yeah or is it like a oh no it's store? a it's a store like it's a, a in a building in a building like attached to the ground attached to the ground <laughs> it's wow. not floating i could see no, like a i could see like a it's an international a, waters like a <laughs> Not like a food truck or like no, a temporary, is, like I a pop-up know, store. I don't know how long it'll last, but yes, it is called like... That feels... It's not called Frosty Paws. That's, it's called something like Salty mm. Paws. That's what it is. Okay. Salty Paws. So there are, you know, it's, seems... ju- it's just like an ice cream parlor. So behind the glass, you see the little flavors. You pick one out. They put them in a little bowl, you know, or they're, they're seats with dog beds. What, what are they? What's it made of? I don't like, know. What is it? They had flavors like cheese and bacon, though, so... It looks like ice cream. But do the dogs <laughs> care that it looks like ice cream? No. Like, who is that for? It's for Shannon. Okay. It's 100% for Shannon. It's for dog So pets. she got so excited. See, I'm not a, I'm not a pet. Uh, well, we had a hamster. I mean, we had no, a couple of I, hamsters, but it, that no, doesn't it's, count. It's not, I could like, not have cared less. Okay. I've been giving her, because she's been talking about it for weeks, and every time she brings it up, I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, that's... No the, judgment. Like, I get I get the appeal, no. but I'm also like... Re- like I've, is this is this something that like happens to you when you get pets? No, just like, no. You know? It's a it's like a pet nerd thing. Like okay. It, so I mean, just like pens, you can you can go the nerd route sure, with pets. Sure, you know? sure. So yeah, my wife is definitely a corgi nerd. So mm, we, you do have three of them. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got whoopie pie flavored, we got bacon flavored, and birthday cake flavored. So do the flavors matter to I the dogs? I don't know. We like, can't talk to them. Who knows? Did you tr- did you try any of them no, yourself? No, God, no. Like, 
I would be, I would be curious. I mean, I would want to try it. Ugh. Is it like safe to eat for people? Like, why? Probably it should be right. Like, I definitely would not try the cheese flavored. God, that'd be disgusting. cheese flavored ice cream. That sounds God. like something that my kids would like make up as a joke. Yeah. at the dinner table. Yeah, like we always talk about like worst flavored ice cream, like you know, like fried catfish or you know, oh God. pistachio anchovy, you know, oh, stuff man. that would be like really awful. Oh yeah, cheese ice cheese, cream would be would there. be on that list. Yeah. yeah. Cheese and pineapple ice cream. Interesting. Yeah. But no. Um, have any of y'all in the comments, have you ever have you ever been curious? Because I'll be honest, I've seen like the, because they have, this drives me crazy, but like in the ice cream, like in the novelty ice cream sections at the grocery store. You're talking about Frosty Paws? They have, is that what it is? Yeah. Like yeah. whatever it is. It's, Those are usually peanut It's got like a cartoon flavored. dog yeah. on it. But it looks like human ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that's Frosty Paws. If I was not really paying attention that closely, because they have... You know, they have other ice cream that has a cow on yeah. it or has whatever other animals. Like that's, it's not unusual to have like a mascot that is some kind of animal. Yeah. You're I, not wrong. You're I not would, wrong. Yeah. I would not think anything of a novelty ice cream like that unless I was reading it closely. Yeah. No, we've bought those but before. Have y'all ever tried, out of curiosity, tried balls. a dog or some other animal like novelty treat that looks like it's made for humans i think I'm just those genuinely are curious i think those are peanut butter flavored usually so they'd probably taste like peanut butter that tastes good see that sounds good to me yeah it it might just be can dogs not have dairy is that like a is that like not great for them so is maybe is it like a non-dairy ice cream basically uh, i think they can have dairy can they i think so they can't have chocolate so they use carob instead to yeah i know chocolate's bad simulate chocolate rachel and i oh we had a, we went to visit rachel's aunt one time this was like 20 years ago um uh who was it one of us had i think it was maybe rachel's sister had some like hershey's kisses or something in like our luggage the dog got into it oh boy and diarrhea everywhere oh, yeah. like under the bed diarrhea oh behind the sofa diarrhea i had a dog Just like that like, all over the place. My first corgi. It was corgi. this little dog. Like, yeah. Fuck kind of bad, but my, still. My, my first corgi was the I'm going to barf or poop in secretive areas oh. type of dog. Um, I'm like, come on, man. If you're going to do that, don't go under the bed. Like, I can't tell you how many nights we woke up hearing, look, look. And we're like, oh, God. Where is <laughs> oh, he? We're both half asleep. Like, <laughs> where is oh, And then we both, is he on your side? No. Is he on your side? No. It's like and a, we both realize, oh God, under the bed. <laughs> he's under us. And it's like, like a, it's like a treasure hunt. We both go down under there. It's like, All right, is it closer to you or closer to me? Still half asleep. Oh man! And he's just like walks out like, do 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 do. Like, I feel better now. I know. Oh gosh. But anyway, so that was fun. So these dog are the, ice these cream. are things I miss out on by not yeah. having a dog. I know. Don't you feel terrible? No. Um, I love anytime I hear stories like this, like a, a lot of our team has pets, like yeah. almost everybody. So when everybody's like, oh, I had to take my dog to the vet or oh, they're sick and diarrhea everywhere. I'm like, yeah, tell me more about that. I want to oh. hear all about it so that I'm like not tempted to yeah. get an animal. <laughs> I, the, the day that Archer vacuumed, um, I also vacuumed behind him because there were some things that he didn't get up. Like, There's a lot of dog hair. And n the next morning, I recorded a video of the dog sleeping and I kind of like moved the phone along the floor and like went up to his face and then scratched him. And the floor had so much hair on it. Less than 24 hours after I vacuumed. Yep. I'm like, man, it's just, I'm like Sisyphus. Anyway, uh, doggy ice cream, birthday dinner. We went to Maggiano's with our friends for Shannon's birthday dinner Ooh. officially on Sunday. Okay. So it was us, maybe like eight people. But we did uh, family style Maggiano's. So like we all kind of shared. That was nice. Yeah. 
Archer ate a good amount of variety, so we were really happy with that. We don't nice. have to bring a Lunchable for him anymore, so he's getting better getting about older. that. Yeah, getting less picky. So that That's was good. that was pleasant. Um, uh, Shannon got a little uh, Loungefly wallet. You know, have you seen those Loungefly, Loungefly. brand? It's a very popular mm. Disney brand for like you mm. know, it's not just Disney, but they make like mini backpacks and stuff, like really heavily designed mini okay. backpacks. Um, yeah, but uh, I know generally what you're talking about, but I don't yeah. think I've, I'm not familiar with this brand. Yeah, it's 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 very popular quick. with like you know Disney nerds for Lounge going to um, you know going to the parks. You know, customize like there's like Lounge a you could find like a Beauty okay, and the yeah, Beast yeah. backpack or a you know a Haunted Mansion backpack. They've yeah, got, they've got one these. for everything. So she got a little wallet with you know some Disney villains on there. She's been wanting one of these backpacks, so she'll probably get one eventually before we go to Disney next time. Wow, these and, are expensive yeah they're usually about 75 80 bucks um for a mini backpack <clears throat> for a mini backpack it makes sense. they got a velma one drew oh, there you yeah. go there you go um they do have a star wars one like a like a that looks like a luke skywalker jumpsuit sort of deal like orange with the white stuff that's kind of cool and there's a part of me that's like oh man that looks pretty cool but it's definitely not a classical dude backpack like no if i were to walk around with one of these things probably get some looks but at the same time that almost makes me just want to do it just to, in, in spite of that, like, you know what? I'm going to wear a little tiny backpack because it's got a Star Wars thing on it and that's rad. And if I'm walking around a park, all I need is like, you know, I need Archer's, you know, IVQ for the peanut allergy, you know, mm-hmm. and I need uh, my phone, a little, little, you know, portable charger and a water bottle. You know what would work really well for that? Fanny pack? Cargo shorts. Cargo shorts. Oh, come on. No, you need to be more. Or fanny pack. Fanny pack yeah. would do good too. So I'm like, I don't know. If I can find a deal on one, I might just say yes to it just because... Forget it. I'm be a dude wear a lounge fly backpack and not care what anybody thinks. Wear whatever you want, man. Yeah, they got a NASA so, one. That one's kind of cool. Yeah, they got a lot of cool. Yeah, I would want one like relatively understated. Like I don't need a bunch of characters like, all over it. But yeah, um, the whole the, the Star Wars. Sure. None of these look understated. <laughs> no, no. But the the Star Wars like flight one isn't isn't super bad. It doesn't have a face on it. Right. Um, the right. Chewbacca one is actually hairy. So there's that. Oh my too. gosh. Yeah. They're 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 wild. There's a lot of crazy things. But that's, um, that's cool. I kind of just want to go all in on one i don't care but anyway uh doing that let's see uh i bought one of those have you heard of those uh i think it's it's a new coke flavor that was supposedly developed by an ai i don't know what it was it tasted like i had one of those and it tasted like kind of gummy bears or sweet tarts very sweet Hmm. very sweet too sweet for me but Hmm. that was an interesting thing that happened to me Um, i've not heard of this yeah it's kind of weird um i don't really know uh if uh, I don't really know, but I found it. It was at Wawa. I drank it. It was. It tastes like. Gummy I can bears. find what this thing is. It's like something seven thousand or whatever. Um, I, uh, year year three thousand. No, not year. Um, let's see. I have a picture of it. What did I? Uh, it's this stuff right here. Um, y, oh yeah, Y three thousand. Yeah, it says it's 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 supposed to be future flavored. Like it tastes mm. like the future. Okay. So you um, could literally just make that taste like anything that. You have the future apparently yet. tastes like sweet tarts and gummy bears. So, yeah. I don't I mean, know. Coke is pretty sweet anyway. It was sweeter. Sweeter than yeah, regular Coke. It was a bit much. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see, we finished Succession. So, that ended up being pretty good. Okay. Not that gonna, was the one you were kind of hate watching, I'm, right? I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to rewatch it. It, no? was, it was good. It was objectively yeah. good. Okay. But I'm, I didn't, like, it wasn't fun at all. Mm. So, eh. Done with it. Glad we're done with it. Moved on to rewatching Vice Principles, which I absolutely love. That is that, that is an HBO series with um, 
uh, uh, Danny McBride um, and Walton Goggins. Hmm. And let me just tell you, I know that I've spoken a lot about Michael Bean to you and how much I love him. Sorry. There, there's... He's not, not, you know, he's, not the be, he's not the best. He's not the He's not the best actor in the world. He's, no, he's a great. You know, you know, he's you, a great. Uh, you know who supporting actor? You know who I love, like genuinely, like that. I think is like one of the best actors hmm. around is Walton Goggins. That guy who is, is that? good in everything he does, no matter what sort of character he's playing. He's got a lot of. Oh yeah, diversity. I know him. He, okay, yeah, he's phenomenal. He is so good. He was great. He's amazing in Righteous Gemstones. He was phenomenal in Hateful Eight. He was great. In um in and he's fantastic in uh, Vice Principals, just hilarious. And the two hmm. of them together, who they were also in Righteous Gemstones together. Where have I seen him? But from? oh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Django Unchained, played a horrible, horrible human being there. I haven't seen that Sons of Anarchy. Um, I think he was in the, the True Grit remake. He always kind of he, he's good at playing like cranky cowboys. He's been in a lot of things that I haven't seen. He's fantastic though. So anyway, Com- Vice- he was he was in Community. That's probably where I recognize him from. Oh right, he was the guy who read the will of um yeah uh, Cornelius Hawthorne. Okay, Born Identity. He was in that. Eh, I don't remember him in that. He was in uh, Justified with uh, Timothy Oliphant. He did a lot of uh, did a lot of work in there. He's been in a lot of things that I've heard of but not seen. <laughs> He's so freaking good. Walton Goggins is the best. The best thing though is John Bronco. It is a fake documentary about a pitchman for the Ford Bronco who disappeared mysteriously in a rally event in like the late seventies. Wow! It, like it is absolutely brilliant. If anybody out there like. Has even that's a pretty recent film too. Oh, it's so good, John, John Bronco. Bronco. Oh my god, I love John Bronco. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's about it for me. Um, I gave up on playing Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven because I would played for like a week and a half and got to the title screen. I was like, what? Wow, is it just really hard? No, it's just confusing? long, well, and I just like very story driven. Yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't grab me. So. Mm. I popped in Metal Gear Solid Five again, and now I'm like happy as can be. Yeah, yeah. you know what you like at this yeah. point. Yeah, so I'm replaying Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay, I had to delete my save though. Like it wouldn't just let me start a new game. I had to go into my settings, erase my save, and then it just like Weird. starts me in a new game. So, oh, yeah, that's kind of dumb because hmm. it wants you to just like go back and replay missions. But I'm like, if you do that, you don't get all the story in between. So yeah. hmm. I had to go in and redo everything. But that's my life, Brian. Wow. You have a more interesting life than me in the last week. The end all be all. I don't yeah. know if. Uh, oh yeah, let's take a look at this. Show your jacket here. All right, let's see. We gotta get it, gotta get the grand tour. All right. So let's see. We'll start off. We've got the Rebel Alliance here up at the top. Kermit the Frog right down below. Nice. Um, this is uh, Nightwing, right here. Your microphones. One of my favorite superheroes. Uh, we've got the license plates from Back to the Future and Ghostbusters here. Nice. And a Brave Star logo, which is one of my favorite cartoons from the '80s. And then. Uh, on the back, we've got the uh, Marshmallow Man, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, yeah. Sabaton, if you want heavy metal and some military history. Van Halen, love that. Waffle House, love that. This is the uh, icon from Phoenix Squadron from Star Wars Rebels or mm. Ahsoka, if you're into that. Waylon Yutani from Aliens. Big old Bonsai Tree from Karate Kid. Nice. DeLorean from Back to the Future. Ecto-1. And up at the top here, we've got... Frog from Chrono Trigger. We've got Taco Bell. We've got the community, E Pluribus Anus. We've got <laughs> That's awesome. the Shinra logo from Final Fantasy VII. We've got the uh, got a nice iconography from Bioshock. This is uh, the lighthouse from the first one. We've got the Capcom logo. We've got the health bar from Mega Man X. We've got the logo from Ghostbusters. Yeah, more this way. 
the Ghostbusters okay. cartoon, not not the real Ghostbusters, Filmation's mm, yeah. Ghostbusters. And then we've got a nice ecto cooler, uh, the high seas ecto cooler <laughs> there. These um, are so specific. I love it. They are Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Mega Man. We got a meat from Castlevania. Nice wall meat. Yeah, it's a good um, looking meat. Yeah. Uh, Endurance Space Exploration. This is a patch from the movie Interstellar, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Fox, which is the Metal Gear Solid 3 patch, and it's also in some subsequent video games as well. The band Firehouse, which is this, one of the songs that my wife and I walked down the aisle to when we got married, and the song that I was playing when I proposed in the, in the parking lot of Olive Garden. <laughs> and that is a symbol for the, um, the uh, 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 let's see, the um, Alliance from Mass Effect. Um, Navy Alliance, I think, or just, uh, I don't know, the Alliance. It's the Alliance logo. It's the good don't, guys. Don't grab onto me. We'll both drown. Yeah. Um, Foxhound, so Metal Gear Solid 1 there. Uh, the band Survivor. And then Cyberdyne Systems. This is the AI that eventually destroyed the world. And the Terminator films. Mm. You've got the Boba Fett myth or Mandalorian Mythosaur over on this shoulder. And then the um, Mud Mudhorn from Mandalorian on that shoulder. So wow. that is it. You really have um, filled out this jacket. Yeah, I've got uh, got some space on the back. I'm going to put all four Ninja Turtles on the back. But other than that, nice. I'm pretty happy with it. Like Ninja Turtles, like their heads or no, the, the full entire body? the entire turtles. Wow, yeah, I've got them picked out. I just haven't bought them yet. Wow, okay. Yep. Like separate turtles? Yep. Or is it like all one group? No, all it's all four separate. Two on okay. the two on one side of the tag and two on the other side of the tag. What era of Ninja Turtles is it? They are actually replicas of the positions that the turtles fly down toward the screen at during the intro cinematic for. Turtles in Time, the video game for the arcade, the Sega Genesis, and the Nintendo, that's, Super Nintendo. That's like hard nostalgia for mm-hmm. us. That was like, that's oh, what yeah. I think of when I think of Ninja Turtles. So at the beginning, you know, when it just, we just let the game play, yeah. it shows like the light coming out of the sewer, and then each turtle flies at you and it says their name and then moves mm. off screen. And then finally, Leonardo comes and actually kind of like slices the screen and it peels back. And it's those four. Um, sprites of the Ninja Turtles. That's awesome. Oh, yes. I have a lot of memories of watching that intro screen because I never really yeah. had the money to play the game. Yep. So I'd like go to the mall and walk around. And when I got bored, we would go to the arcade and I would just watch other kids play games. Turtles in Time was the best. Yeah, that was a really, really solid one. All right, you need, you need to explain this top one here. What what the heck does this mean? Oh, well, I'll get there. I added some notes in All right. there. I gotta say, I feel like I've had kind of a boring time, but it's because I've been just working on not very interesting stuff around the house. And, you know, the kids had like a couple of friends over and we kind of did some random stuff. So nothing like particularly noteworthy, but just doing lots of family stuff or whatever. Um, We had the company picnic. Oh, yeah. Which was really cool. Getting to see like I hadn't seen Archer other than like pictures. I hadn't seen Archer in what? Four years, five years, maybe wild. He really is like a little mini Drew. (laughs) It's pretty great. And he's like. He's a good kid. He is a great kid. Gotta say, objectively, good kid. Uh, but yeah, just getting to interact with all the kids and see everybody. I mean, people brought their pets and stuff. It was really, it was really awesome. I had a great time. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then, um, yeah, so we had our kids come. So Rachel, you know, we we had it from what? It was like three to six. So we were there for a good amount of time and a bunch of people were able to stop by either like after work or they got their kids and brought them over. Um, that was fun. So Rachel brought our kids. Our kids happened to have, it was like tie-dye shirt day at school or whatever. And we have our 
GPC tie-dye shirts that we did a while back. Oh. So Rachel and I were like, well, let's wear our tie-dye shirts, I too. was wondering about that. So we were like, all four of us were yeah. like coordinated in tie-dye. Nice. That was That was kind of fun. Um, but it's just fun, like getting to watch my kids interact with like, it's like worlds colliding, yeah. almost. getting, getting interact with like people that I work with all the time, but they, they seldom see like this side of things. Yeah. Me and life. Archer were talking to Joseph about smash brothers. Yeah. Right. It's, wild. it's just so crazy like that. But, um, so that was a lot of fun. The kids had, they had a great time. Ellie didn't want to leave, so um, I know you and like. Margaret Wait, wasn't she the last one? You y'all were. Oh, the we last stayed one. after. Like everything had been cleaned up already, and Rachel because she had to go get the kids. Yeah, because like and, me, and you, and come. Margaret were the last ones there. We were, but we stayed later even after that. So <laughs> Ellie just you know. And what was like, she doing? Well, I was like, you know, she was. I don't know. She, she just. I think she's like just a little more extroverted than Rachel and Joseph, so sometimes she. Like she'll either like huddle up in her room and just kind of be in her like YouTube world, which I get like her and I are wired so Mm -hmm. similarly. She'll like go and like binge watch YouTube, like craft videos and stuff like that. And to the point where you're like, what are you watching? She's like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, you know, like we we keep tabs enough on what she's doing, but it's like, she really likes to get immersed into that kind of stuff. And then she'll just like go into the craft room and build this like, amazing thing and we're like where the heck did you learn how to do that and then you're like oh you're doing what your dad does all the time cool makes sense so i don't know as the kids are aging it's becoming so readily apparent how much joseph is like rachel Mm -hmm. and ellie is like me and it's it's kind of interesting it's pretty cool so um getting some good like special time with ellie so uh yeah it was just she, she was like she wanted to stick around but like you were there, we were at the playground and like your kids were like having a blast playing on stuff. But Ellie's like, she's just standing with us. She's like that in between age yeah. where she like kind of wants to hang with the adults, but we're kind of talking about boring adult stuff, you know, like logistical adulting things. And, you know, like talking with other parents about like, oh, where, where'd you get that bike helmet? And how do you know, like right. when to whatever, get to the next size wheels or on the bike or whatever the heck it is. And this is not interesting for kids. But Ellie was like, kind of hanging with us a little bit, you know, while she was like thumb wrestling me and we're, you know, doing just random weird stuff. So I could tell that she like still wanted to do stuff. And I was like, Hey Ellie, do you want to like go for a walk? Cause like we were at this, at this park that has like these lakes and like trails and stuff like that. I was like, I've never been to this park, even though it's not that far from, from our office. So I was like, do you want to just go for a walk? And she was like, sure. So like, all right. So Rachel and Joseph had already left. They had enough people interaction. So Ellie and I were just kind of hanging out together. So we went and walked around a couple of the lakes and, you know, we were taking pictures and stuff like that. And, you know, the, one of the lakes had like a whole bunch of turtles in it. I think at one point there were like nine turtles or something like big turtles. So that was kind of interesting. Didn't expect to see that. Always it was nice like, to see some turts. Yeah, and it was like 6.30 or so. So like the sun was starting to set a little bit. It was like what they call golden hour in photography. It's where there's like a just a nice golden kind of cast and it's no like direct sunlight. It's just, you know, it's all the pictures you take at that like hour before dusk just look amazing. Um, so it was around that time. So we were just walking around taking pictures and we went down. I guess there's like a fishing pier too. You can like fish at one of these these lakes and stuff. So... She's never fished before or interacted with any fishing environment. So we got to walk down there and I was like, you know, I was like let's just be quiet because there were a couple people fishing there. And, you know, we just kind of looked and enjoyed nature for a few minutes. And then, you know, we walked back and I was like, hey, do you know why? Do you know why I was whispering? And she was like, no. I was like, well, it's because, you know, if you talk, it can scare the fish away. And that's, you know, not very 
courteous to the people who are trying to fish. And so just like little nuggets like that of like, I don't sit my kids down and teach that kind of stuff, but just like going for that spontaneous walk and then that's getting awesome. to teach Ellie about like, oh yeah, when you talk, it scares fish and that type of thing. So I don't know, just a neat little thing. Just my kids are fun in there. That is cool. They're at a whole different stage where they're like able to be a little more on level with like adult type stuff. Um, and then we like blasted the Hamilton soundtrack and we're just belting it the entire way home. So that was also fun. Nice. Um, I spontaneously watched a movie on my own, which I don't do that often. Um, of course I did entirely on my phone like I do because it's just, it was like late at night and everybody's in sleep and bed and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm like the opposite of you, Drew. I don't, I don't usually like immerse myself in a movie experience cause it's just, you know, especially cause like some of the movies I want to watch are like not family friendly. I've never watched a full length movie <laughs> on a handheld device. I've watched or a laptop. Most, most of what I watch these days is on my phone oh, man. or an iPad or something like that. But anyway, it's just how I do. Um, but I watched the big short. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have. I really, really liked it a lot. It was one that I had on my list to watch for a while and I heard it was really good. And I just, I don't know. I think I saw that was one with Christian a trailer Bale, right? for Christian Bale yeah. and Steve Carell. Um, you know, a bunch of other people that like, it was, it was pretty star studded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've like seen some synopsis and stuff like that. And I don't know, there's like, I've studied a lot more of like finance type stuff. If you were going to watch a movie on your phone, that's a fine one to do it. Yeah. there. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was going to miss anything. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that one. If you had said like, oh, I finally watched Lord of the Rings on my, on my phone, phone, I would, yeah, I'd make some faces, but I'd still be proud of you. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if I have earbuds in, the sound quality is really good. Mm -hmm. And if I have the phone right here, it's as big as a TV would be. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I'm missing out on a lot other than like maybe my seating, seating arrangement or something, but whatever, I made it work. Um, so that was fun. I really enjoyed that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good that movie. A and I like, you know, I'm not going to give it away, but like, I don't think it's giving anything away, but at the end and they're like, yeah, and they arrested everybody and... You know, well, it's based we all, on the, the it's whole a, it's a true system. story. So yeah, you know, yeah. it, it already happened in real life. So. I don't know. It's the style that style of video. I just I found it very refreshing because it was just like, you know, they broke the fourth wall a lot. Mm -hmm. They explained a lot of things. It was just very like blunt, and I just, I like I liked yeah. that. So I, I appreciated that about it, and I thought the actors did a great job in them. Um, okay, now the one that I have to explain. Yeah. Uh, so my note it says trombone champ. You wrote trombone champ. Yep. What the heck? So this is um, so you you remember the Nintendo Wii? Yeah. Right. And how it had like the motion sensing kind of stuff. Yeah, a lot a lot um, of weird peripherals. A lot of too. weird, a lot of weird games and stuff like that 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 utilize that motion sensing. Um, so there was a game on there called Wii Music. I don't know if you've ever played that or no, have any I'm, familiarity with it. No, but I'm so you know it's like very cartoony. Um, but it would have songs that were essentially like a rhythm based, kind of like a guitar hero type of, uh, you know, scrolling thing with beats and you have a score and all that type of stuff. Sure. Um, so, you know, we, we played some Wii music and you would pick different instruments and it would be kind of goofy and we'd play them all wrong. So it sounded bad and it was a fun family thing. Um, and it was a big thing that like Wii music, when that came out, we have memories of that me and Rachel doing that before the kids were born and like doing that with Rachel's sister when she would come and visit us before she was married and had her own family and stuff. So like we have a lot of like early memories and then we 
played it again later once we had kids. So it's sort of that like crossing of worlds. So we're already kind of familiar with that sort of format. So for the Switch now, I think this just came out like this past week. There was a game, I guess it was on another platform. I don't know where it came from, but it was called Trombone Champ. But I guess they just, they readapted it or came out with it on the Switch. It's actually called Trombone Champ. That's the name of the game is Trombone Champ. Um, I'm going to see if we can maybe insert some footage, but if we can't, then you just need to Google Trombone Champ like trailer or something like that and just watch the trailer for what this game is. So it's essentially that like scrolling, think of Guitar Hero, Rock Band, you know, that type of thing. But it's just trombones. And the way that you play it, there's a couple of different settings, but basically you have like the, 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 whatever, the positional kind of sensitivity thing of the Switch controller. But you like, you know, a trombone is like the instrument where you slide yeah. in and out. So you're doing that, but like up and down, kind of like sliding it. So like the note that you need to hit as it's scrolling is based on like where you're moving your hand and you're kind of sliding while you're like hitting the, the trigger button. So you're doing that. But the game is just so kind of quirky and and weird. And you can just imagine. And it's multiplayer too. So we can have four four players. Oh, my God. So you can just imagine how this sounds with four different people trying to tromboneize. Does the, does the Switch have motion controls? It does, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like the Wii where it's like – it doesn't have like a – like the Wii where it has like a single point that you right. can like move around, but it's, it's, con- it's relational to like, you know, okay. so it's like, you know, sort of the same thing. Like if you're trying to play a baseball game, you like whew, can swing it, you know, okay. it's got some of those features. Okay. I've never used a game so on the like switch. That. Like I know if you hold, if you've got the whole thing, you know, you can like aim with the, yeah with the unit, but I didn't know the little handheld things had motion. Yeah. In them. Apparently they can. Oh, okay. Cool. I've never, I rarely play the switch yeah, same. because I don't play the game. You know, my, Rachel and the kids played all the time. So um, the game was $15, which to me seemed like a lot for what the game was. But Rachel sent the trailer to her sister and she laughed so hard. And we were like, we thought about it for a day or two. And then it was just like, yeah, this would be, we need trombone. This would be kind of fun. Yeah. You'll, 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 you'll see when you, when you get a look at it, but wow. It was definitely entertaining when we did it. And the game, the game is pretty self-aware. It knows it's kind of a ridiculous game. Right. So, like, you know how the games, when it has a loading screen, it has, like, facts that it kind of throws up there? Well, it has that, except all the facts are, of course, entirely wrong. And I love that. Like, yeah. So it's, it's, it's very quirky. And it's, it apparently has this whole storyline somehow related to um, baboons. I have no idea what baboons have anything to do with trombones. But it has all these ram- random like baboon facts in there. And they're and, fake. Oh yeah, like fake baboon yeah. facts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, very much so. Okay. Yeah, like there's a there's a species of baboon called the almost baboon, that's not technically a baboon or something. You know, just like random things like that, and the kids just think it's hilarious. That must have been fun for the game developers to. It seems it seems like the kind of game that they just had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's and cool. It's like, it's I like pretty, games like it's that. It's pretty cheesy, but also kind of fun. It has a story mode, which apparently ties in the baboons somehow. I haven't experimented with that yet. Trombone champ campaign. A campaign wow. of trombone champ with so, you know, and of course we get in there and. You know, Ellie wants to listen to all the songs. Ellie, Ellie always has to be player one. She wants to be the one to control the the, the experience for the family. So I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Um, but yeah, then, um, yeah, we we tried some easy ones. And then, of course, she wanted to try, like, the hardest songs, which was, like, unbearable. Like, it was 
so difficult oh and God. you couldn't even tell what song it was because yeah. we were so bad at it but it was pretty fun you know anyway that's goofy, amazing goofy game it's it's worth a look if you know i'm not gonna say like everybody should play it because it's not that much to it but definitely made for a good family memory you know it's like even if it's like we only play it a couple of times you know if we were to like go see a movie or go do like something like it would fif- cost more than 15, 15 bucks, bucks for yeah. a whole family to make some get some good laughs and make some Absolutely. family memories it seemed worth it so you that's even, why we did it you can't eat two people can't eat at arby's for that much yeah exactly um and then last thing um you know ellie's like my little she's like my little buddy now helping me with like projects and stuff like that you know joseph will like he mows the lawn he'll do certain things but you know he's got his limit to what he wants to to do mm. he's very much like rachel in that way um but ellie she's pretty much down for whatever you know it's like when i needed to clean the gutters and you know i was like i kind of threw it out there. this was weeks ago but it was like yeah i need to clean out the gutters on like it was just like on the one story you know just like low gutters oh, okay but i need I to get up say, on the ladder like, and yeah like, no, no 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 this was like you know a few feet off the ground but i kind of threw it out there it's like oh yeah like i need to clean the gutters haha you want to help she was like sure and i was like really okay like it's kind of dirty you're gonna need to like go in there and grab all the like crap out of the gutters and she's like okay so she went out there and did it and i was like okay i was like you want to get up on the roof you know like on top of the little like little little sunroom that's like one story and a very flat roof i was like yeah whatever i'll be there i'll spot you and i'll teach you how to get off a ladder onto a roof which there's a technique to it i was like good learning experience if she's like down for it i'll see like test some of her limits of like does she get scared does she get hesitant whatever she did great with that so this was a while ago but um you know stuff like that i'm always like all right well it seems like ellie's down for trying most things you know like that so it's like all right let's just see what she wants to do so you know i needed to do some stuff around the house and i need to go and like get some lumber and you know just i'm doing that kind of stuff all the time so you know i need to like take measurements and so she came out and she was helping me take some measurements on things and i needed to get some lumber to replace some boards and stuff that i had and you know, she hung with me and it was a Home Depot and it took like an hour and a half because I needed all this random stuff and I needed some like big boards and stuff like that that kind of was helpful to have a second set of hands. And she hung in there with me the whole time and it's pretty awesome. And then afterward, we went to Sonic and got like the slushies with nerds in it and that nice. kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is such garbage, but she loves it. Oh, yeah. And the kids love it. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. So just, you know, getting to do like runs like that with my kids is, you know. I'm so used to like doing that stuff alone because, you know, who wants to do any of that? Go to the dump and, you know, all this like stuff. Not me. But Ellie's on board with it. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do more of that. Yeah. And then, you know, both Joseph and I need to get a haircut, obviously, which we have not done yet. <laughs> which, so I've got the, got the, the floof going on. You've got the on. floof. I do. But you know what? That's why I didn't gel it today. Love like, it. Let's, let's rock the floof. Yep. So anyway, that's that's pretty much it for me. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cut around that when I do the thumbnail. That's right. So it's gonna it'll be interesting. Actually, it'll be easier. It's good with the light, the rim light. No, it'll there, be easier because like... when you have gel in there, I have to like there's more angles. To oh it. yeah, this is just gonna be like this a, is just like a helmet, nice round, it's like a hair helmet. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's right. Rachel won't let me grow it out either. You know, I really could. Yeah, but she also can't stop you. Yeah, she could. There would be consequences. It got, it got pretty up there during COVID. During COVID, I kind of got a free pass a little <laughs> bit, but I was getting I was getting plenty of like. Uh, so when are you when are you going to get a haircut? It's you not know, safe, Rachel. Of that. It's not safe. Yeah, but as soon as it became safe, she's like, you know, I think you can go and wear a mask, and it's fine. You can go get a haircut anytime now, and it's like, okay, fine. You know, they cut one of my masks off when the the first time I went to get really? my haircut because I was wearing I was wearing the mask. And yeah, yeah. I guess I could have taken it off while they were cutting my hair, but no, they sliced one of the ear things right off, and it just 
flap to the side. I'm like, Whoops. uh-oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I have... I. I got plenty of haircuts with a mask on and I would just have to like take take off. I like, probably should have. They, I don't, it was new. They didn't know what yeah, to nobody, ask at that none point. None of us really knew what we were yeah. doing at that point. Yeah, but yeah, cool. Very so cool. For me. Yep. Fun weekend. Yep. Um, we'll do a couple of company. Blah, 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 blah. We'll do a couple of company updates and then wrap up. All right. Uh, well, I was going to talk about our picnic, but we already talked about we it. both did yeah Funny. so we had a company picnic that was cool we had a mental health half day on friday which was fun and that's how we were mentally that healthy was the picnic yeah that was a blast um and then we got a video that we put out this week um i don't remember officially what the title is but it's about uh top, uh, top seven japanese pens japanese. you have to try have to try yes this is drew's i haven't actually titled the video yet but it'll be something like that yeah yeah we always we always plug it into our little title grader and it tells us like how clickbaity it is, you know, so we know to really draw everybody These in. seven pens will save your life. That's right. You won't believe the seven pens. Doctors hate these seven <laughs> pens. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we got that video that's coming out, and uh, we've, we've shot several videos. So we're going to have videos for, like, the next six weeks coming out that are non-pen cast, but just other styles of videos that y'all should enjoy. Some of which may or may not have props and some more skit-related things in them that you can enjoy. So won't tease it out too much, but it'll be fun. Uh, all right, we can wrap this thing up. I want to thank you all for watching. Um, leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. You can ask us questions. Leave us comments in the comments on this video. Uh, you can check out gulatepens.com for fountain pens, ink, paper, all that good stuff. You know the drill at this point. And I have some fun facts, Drew, about trombones. Oh, good. Since I got are they real on ones or are they fake baboon no, facts? These are, well, I looked them up on the internet. Okay. I believe they're real. I have no reason to believe that they are fake. Gotcha. Not, not the baboon style ones were very obviously fake, but I believe these are real. Um, okay, so the trombone is derived from an instrument called a sack butt. What? Yep. It's a very Drew sounding word. I thought you would appreciate it. I'll explain. The name sack butt, literally S A C K B U T, not two T's, but just one T. Still. It's derived from the Middle French words sacquer and boutère, <laughs> literally, which literally means. Pull, push, because <laughs> of the slide of the trombone. <laughs> this is a very fitting name for the instrument since it was the first instrument to have a movable slide, and it's unique to the trombone. The sack butt was mainly used in sacred and court music settings during the 1600s. The sacred sack butt. Interestingly, the trombone has changed very little since its precursor, the sack butt. <laughs> Many other instruments have been improved with major revisions to their original design. But not the sack butt. You can't mess with perfection, <laughs> I guess. They just decided to change the perfect name. That's how they and, screwed it up. And and this isn't like a, a fact, but as I was reading up about it, like a lot of composers, you know, in like the 17, 1800s, they didn't, they would use the trombone very sparingly. So they would use it because it was, it was kind of viewed as like this sacred instrument. So it was, you know, they would have like, I think it's like Beethoven's fifth symphony. Like the first three movements have no trombone and they only, he only used it in the fourth movement. So, you know, it's kind of known as like Dang. trombones just like sit around and wait a lot until they come in. And then they have this like very majestic parts. But, wow. You know, very interesting. Okay. Um, 
Another fun fact, the noise that you hear when Charlie Brown's teacher is speaking to the class uh-huh. or like the parents are speaking, yeah. that's a trombone. They're, that's what they're using. Are they like removing the muffler in and out or something like that? Well, my last fact ties oh. into that. So they're using a plunger, which if you're if you're familiar with any horn instrument, there's all kinds of mutes and plungers and things like that that you can use. Um, but trombonists often use a plunger mute in jazz to achieve the effect of a human speaking. That's what they do in Charlie Brown. Um, yeah, the creators, of the, cre- the creators of the great Charlie Brown series decided to incorporate that unique sound into the show. And for those who are curious, trombonists have to be careful not to confuse their plunger mute with a household plunger because it's literally the exact same plunger, same, same as you would use for a toilet. So, Could we the- also call them sack buttists? Sack buttists. Yeah. Why not? Sack butters. Yeah. So <laughs> the irony of you can use a plunger on your sack butt. You know, I do all the, the time. <laughs> a little fun fact there. That's amazing. Those are good fun facts. Yeah. In fact, this is a little bonus fact here. So if you've ever been to a pen show and you go to luxury brands, so they do platinum and what else? Endless. They have... Um, uh, Banu, Banu. Noodlers. Noodlers. Uh, Endless. I think we said maybe they might. Colorverse. Colorverse, yeah. So that's who distributes those in the U.S. Great people. Um, Bryce. um, He does trombone? He is a concert-level bass trombonist. What? Oh, wait, hold on. I think I knew that. He went to school for it. Yeah. He was literally going – he was really good. He went to college for it and everything. And he was was basically like interviewing with national like level symphonies – as a bass trombonist, Dang. but the lifestyle of a, you know, sym- symphonist is is very hard, especially with something they like. Symphonies will have like one bass trombonist, mm-hmm. so it's really hard to get in. And then when you do, you know, if any budgetary things happen or whatever, it's like your your job security is very questionable. Mm. So you end up not going that route for a career. But yeah, if you're curious about talking about trombones, Bryce from Luxury Brands, Bryce Gillette. He's your guy. All right. And he's just a character anyway. Next time you're at a pencho and you see him, just say sack butt and see what he does. Yeah. He would probably know some history of the sack butt. He I would imagine. Know some sack he probably butts. has to study it yeah. in college. I'm sure he did. I should. I haven't messaged him yet about trombone champ. I wonder what his take on that would be. That's probably how he trains. I would assume so. <laughs> I would assume so. Is he better at that game because of his tromboning experience? Uh, only one way to find out. Exactly. All right. So anyway, if you're a trombone player and you have seen Trombone Champ, let me know how legit it is. I'm sure it's legit. But anyway, uh, this is a fun one. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll uh, catch you next week. Right on.